0: Attention Talking Simpsons listeners, we have a special mini-series just for you.
1: We're going through the entire first season of King of the Hill, and you can only hear it if you're a $5 and up patron at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. We're
0: giving the Talking Simpsons treatment to all 13 episodes of King of the Hill's first season, and if you want a free sample, you'll find the first episode available for free in the Talking Simpsons feed. Patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. It's the only place you'll find the first season of Talk King of the Hill made you go click 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 click. it's real easy man
2: i heartily endorse this event or product
0: ahoy hoy everybody and welcome to talking simpsons the podcast that's more refreshing than a glass of rat milk I'm your host, devotee of the lively arts, Bob Mackey, and this is our chronological exploration
1: of The Simpsons. Who else is here with me today? Henry Gilbert, and I am still trying to raise awareness on the differences between Amazing Spider-Man and Spectacular Spider-Man.
3: That's very important, and who else is here with us? My name's Case Green, and that's my headshot up
0: there next to the pepper steak. <laughs> and today's episode is Mayored to the Mob. Are you
4: sure this is a sci-fi convention? It's full of nerds!
5: Hi Lisa. Hey Lisa. What's we'll <laughs> up? Hi. Hi.
0: Today's episode aired on December 6th, 1998, and as always, Henry will tell us what happened on this mythical day in real-world history. <gasps>
1: Oh boy, Bobby, you've got mail tops the box office. DMX is Flesh of My Flesh, Blood of My Blood debuts at number one on the charts, and Congress officially votes to impeach Bill Clinton as we close out nineteen ninety-eight, which is referenced into the chalkboard that's gag true. of this episode. Thankfully that's,
3: they can I'm sorry, that, that's what I wrote down. I was like, president did it. What happened around this time? Yeah. <laughs> I looked it up and it was just big
0: letters. Impeached. Thankfully they can write those jokes at the last minute. I think it won't mm. be until season eleven or twelve. That we actually get Clinton impeachment jokes in animation.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It. Uh, I think they were still f- they were starting to feel the pressure in late '98 of South Park being so much quicker on the draw with uh, with jokes than them. You know, that's what made South Park the cool show to Simpsons being uh, the the aging television series.
0: So Dmx did he make a Christian gangster rap album? That's what it sounds like. Uh,
1: no, I think it's about his kids or something. Uh, okay, uh, it's it's the one if you. I just know the song slipping from it. I I don't really know. DMA. Oh, and also uh, the first track, which uh, I cannot say. The name of oh right okay (laughs) um, but the cover of it is uh, I believe it is the one with him like shirtless but and covered in blood if you've seen that interesting and uh, man you've got mail I saw that in theaters
0: that's um it's an evil film it really is an evil film I only knew about it from We Hate Movies the podcast I never saw it I was not into this romantic comedy but it's sort of like a spiritual remake of Sleepless in Seattle but it's also a real remake of The Shop Around the Corner this like Jimmy Stewart movie oh yes Yeah. yeah but it's about how corporations are Good and you mm-hmm. should sell your company to them. Yeah. If yeah. the guy behind it is charming, right?
1: Mm-hmm. If he's a handsome and charming guy, if Tom Hanks, Ran Barnes and Noble, then you should happily close down your bookstore for him. It also was way ahead of the curve of realizing that, like, books are dead anyway. And, like, yeah. Also, Tom Hanks, they should do a sequel to it where Tom Hanks falls in love with a new woman who works for Amazon and closes down his book selling company.
0: I just so. missed that uh, nice man who told me I had mail.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that uh, it also, it's so weird. They're like, email's a thing. What if uh, two random people, because the plot is too that Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks, they are anonymous email buddies Hmm. but then they meet in person and hate each other and don't realize it's the same person they're talking to in emails and also there's a bit in it where Tom Hanks has a long conversation with her about how men understand the Godfather and can c- quote it constantly which I'm like no they don't like maybe one specific generation of men but by like 1998 it was Goodfellas all the way not Godfather and
0: now it's uh, the Big Lebowski unfortunately
1: <laughs> lots of people have
0: ruined that uh, very good movie uh, am
1: I the only one who gives a fuck about the rules here <laughs> every, shit about the rules that's like fuck I fucked it up at
0: every like hipstery restaurant or bar they'll have like the dude's burger
1: <laughs>
0: you don't like this uh, burger that's just
1: your opinion man <laughs> Just like oh come on It was a good movie And I think You've Got Mail was the first... No, I bet I saw a stand-up, but I don't think I connected it, that uh, it was the first time I saw Dave Chappelle in something. All
0: oh, right. They they're always trying to make him work. In fact, there'll be yeah. a joke on an upcoming Simpsons about that, correct?
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. Have you thought about Dave Chappelle? Yeah. I think the line is, which, yeah, in the late 90s for a little bit, they tried to make him the new friendly black guy who's in stuff. And then he, I think in response to that, once all those failed, he then went back to Comedy Central and di- got dirty again and became the Dave Chappelle we all we all love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I heard a story where someone asked him like, "What was it like filming that movie?" Like, this is from friends of mine who they went to one of his like 8-hour stand-up shows that uh, I don't <laughs> think I'd ever want to go to those. But he's like, "Well, okay, you guys got questions." And somebody did ask like, "You've got mail." And they said that he frowned and was just like, oh, "All right." Well, Is it better
0: than Men in Tights?
1: He he said about he had nice things to say about that because he learned so much from Mel Brooks on it. He said but, I enjoyed
0: Men in Tights as a kid.
1: Uh, but for You've Got Mail, he said his experience was watching the lighting people work very hard to make sure Tom Hanks looks wonderful, mm-hmm. and then saying Dave, get in here, just get over here. <laughs> like uh, the, here's a paper
0: didn't... towel, wipe the grease off your face. <laughs> that was our treatment when we were filmed at a certain website. Yes, yeah. Yeah, w- wipe your grease off, boys. It's time to go. <laughs> But today's special guest is Casey Green, the brilliant comic artist. Hello, Casey. Hey guys, thanks for having me. And the last episode you were with us for was the Curse of the Flying Hellfish, which yeah. was probably about a year ago in our timeline. And wait, uh, three years ago in the Simpsons timeline. Man, that's about right. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But uh, for listeners who miss that one, Casey Green is an amazing cartoon artist. Uh, you see his art all the time online. Sometimes even credited to him, but he's. Uh, <laughs> but no, you're you're brilliant. Uh, and I mean, you're the creator of the This Is Fine Dog. Uh, that's that's would yeah. Say your most. That'll probably
3: famous. be like you know. That that can be the first thing people will know of. That's Mm -hmm. fine.
0: But you have an ongoing uh, project. You have a Kickstarter right now collecting a webcomic you did, correct?
3: Yeah. After Gun Show, which is where um, the This Is Fine Dog came from, I started another one called He Is a Good Boy, about a little acorn who left his tree and is just dealing with stagnating through life and getting drunk about it. Uh (laughs) It's kind of like half horror, a lot of comedy. It's great. uh, Yeah. We're kickstarting it right now to get the full story made, full story book. Uh, print it out, and uh, you can go to makethatthing.com/goodboy to see more about it.
1: I'm definitely going to kickstart that. I'll join in on that now. I just, uh, I, I, I supported your last one. I'm going to do this one yeah. too for sure. And oh.
0: unlike all the video games that kickstart, if it meets its goal, it'll actually come out. Yes. Looking at you, unsung <laughs> story, whatever Damn. you're going to turn into.
1: Yeah, that's the nice thing about Kickstarter and comic books is they pretty much come out within a year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah,
3: we just gotta, we just need the money to get it printed. It's ready to go.
1: This is a whole other conversation, but it's I think Kickstarter has been this such a great boon for comic books that I've seen so many web comics that I feel like would have never even gotten a meeting with a you know even B level comic publisher to publish their collections. Now they can just do it themselves, and they're they're making more money than a lot of uh, comic book creators. Who work for one of the big two makes?
3: Yeah, it could be a great boon for like small small publishers.
1: Also, before we talk about Simpsons, I did want to man, we just did a Rocco's Modern Life movie. Yeah, that's a cartoon,
3: right. Oh yeah,
1: and I just want to ask, like, what was it like doing official Rocco comics? <laughs>
3: Uh, it was fine. Like there isn't much to it. There isn't much to it when you call it official Rocco comics. It's still like, you know, half unofficial. I don't know. It's not like the same as doing the actual stuff, <laughs> but it was fun to actually play around with the, uh, the drawings and characters. Cause I watched the hell out of Rocco as a kid, even though it like, I don't know. It's one of those things that I take for granted, but it's definitely like inside my DNA of, of art and writing so much that I, that I forget about it sometimes. So like drawing Ed Big. Head or heifer and his grandpa were the two side comics i did for them were just like oh this is this is coming out so easily from me this is so weird <laughs>
0: the comics are so great i wanted to ask did anyone from nickelodeon have to sign off on them like well heifer wouldn't say that or rocco <laughs> would be more like this in this scene uh
3: i th- i think maybe there was probably like a uh they might have had to like just put this through some kind of big machine that said you know nickelodeon on the side of it <laughs> um but i got no i got really no notes like about like no rocco wouldn't do that or I, I didn't draw rocco or heifer wouldn't say that or whatever and i got to do like a really creepy timmy the tooth yeah. version where he goes crazy with fever
1: oh my god that's t- yeah that tooth one i have dentist phobia and so that one uh really got me and i think after do it watching the movie again and some old episodes i do think as far as funny drawings, Ed Bighead is the funniest drawn character. I
3: think. Oh, absolutely. He's the great put upon uh you know neighbor you know, like he's he's awesome
0: especially because his mouth is like 90 percent of his body when it's open <laughs> yeah uh,
1: his head can do anything it's it's mm-hmm. uh but, but anyway simpsons fandom man. so did casey we talked a bit about your simpsons background before but did uh did you see this one live when it aired in uh it, it over your christmas break in 1998
3: <laughs> no no it I didn't catch a lot of Simpsons live. It was a very rare opportunity for me to to ever sit down and watch it. It was always in reruns or or watching the DVDs or something. Uh, I don't know if I ever actually. I remember like the opening comic book stuff but then when it got into the bodyguard thing I probably maybe checked out as a kid watching it like you know reruns or something on like five in the afternoon on Fox
0: I was talking with Henry about this before the recording and this episode so Casey the last episode he was on was Curse of the Flying Hellfish it's one of the coolest animated episodes of the show like Mm -hmm. so much great action and direction Mm -hmm. I feel like this is a strangely bad looking episode I don't feel like it's the fault of the director I feel like it was sort of mangled overseas it could have been a Bad overseas director, problems in the pipeline, whatever. But there's a lot of weird timing errors, a lot of awkward animation, just a lot of mistakes in this. And I've always thought of it as oh, this is one of the ugliest episodes of the show, just <laughs> in the way it is it is animated. And I always have said in the past, I hate when they put glasses on the characters for a prolonged period of time because <laughs> it creates it I could c- not look at that every time Homer took his glasses off. So if you look at the characters from the front, like front-facing Simpsons, there is flesh between their eyes, but it's mm-hmm. weird, so you rarely see them from the front. So whenever you you see the character is usually from a quarter angle perspective and their eyes are, their bulbous eyes are always overlapping but for whatever reason when they draw these sunglasses on homer they make a weird strip of flesh between his eyes mm-hmm. and it bothers me Ever. it really yeah sorry henry
1: <laughs> yeah i think uh i i think of those sunglasses as like they lenses that squish down his eyes and make his <laughs> bridge of his nose visible that's what it makes me think
3: like, a, like when a frog's eyes sort of go
0: back inside its head. <laughs> and somebody out there on Twitter, I think I complained about this on a previous episode, somebody <laughs> out there on Twitter tweeted about it and it got a ton of reception they, and they credited me, of course, so thank you, but I think p- people out there on the same page, and I also feel like with a character like Homer, who's very wild and expressive, having sunglasses on him for this long of a time really limits the amount of funny things he can do. Mm-hmm. It's um it's just an interesting choice they made that didn't really pan out in animation.
1: Yeah, we went a lot into this in Bus. I never even thought of it until You uh, on that one talked about it and that our uh, friend and official simpsons artist nina matsumoto uh she brought it up because i never thought it looked weird that you know millhouse has a bridge of his nose visible always because he has glasses on and i never thought like why don't you see parts like that it just it's one of those realities you don't think of or like in the drawing of me in simpsons style that nina does like i never think about like oh yeah i have a strip of flesh there that that bob doesn't have it is true <laughs> yeah in this case especially it's happening so much homer is taking off and putting on his glasses like five or six different times and then you put that weird action into the hands of what seems to be a animation team that isn't doing their best work this week like it's uh it's weird it does take you out of it a little bit well, and this also is uh, like their first time going back to comic conventions since the 1992 episode, Three Men in a Comic Book. And I think this really shows how they gauged comic book conventions changing over the decade of the 90s and, and growing and becoming a little more socially acceptable. Yeah, and, right? I think, and
0: I think at this point, Simpsons writers had been going to Comic-Con and similar conventions. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe this was all sort of new to them, these bigger convention spaces. And I think this is really when these conventions were really uh, taking off in the late 90s
1: well and uh, Casey have you you've been to your share of comic book conventions of course (laughs) Uh, a lot of the times I go to more
3: uh, indie comic focused shows like Toronto Comics and Arts Festival TCAF in Toronto Mm. or SPX uh, which is upcoming in uh, the DC area Uh, those are more like indie and comic focused but I have been to my share of conventions you know like (laughs) all types of stuff not just comics but you know uh, entertainment and stuff like that Uh, i remember going to a one in tulsa oklahoma because it was just like why not me and a friend went and we saw peter mayhew there in tulsa oklahoma with his big chair (laughs) god rest his soul r.i.p
0: yeah The first convention I went to was probably in 94, 95. It was basically what the uh, Three Men in a Comic Book Convention was, mm-hmm. where it was just a ballroom of a hotel that pumped $300 into the economy. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I can finally see what happened in issues one to nine of Bone. And uh, like, it bashed, like, it was really for filling out my collection because I couldn't go on the internet and just order back issues or get the digital comics online. And uh, yeah. I, can you actually buy comics at a Comic-Con?
1: Sometimes. Yeah. I think the last time I went to San Diego, which was uh, San Diego comic con uh, was about three years ago. And there was like, I'd say about four or five tables, all kind of squished together that were like, we're selling collectible comics here. Like we are the guys selling amazing fantasy 15 or whatever here. We've got the copies, but, other than them, no, there's not a lot uh, there because it's uh, it's just the marketing has taken over so much. Like it's just so. Uh, I mean, it was always a commercial space. It was always like you see in here that they're accurately doing what a late '90s con looked like, which was just a booth to advertise things. But it didn't. Uh, it wasn't as uh, as gigantic and manic as it is now. Like it's it's just crazy now. The the Waiting in line for 16 hours to get into Hall H to watch your fucking Marvel trailers before, mm. like, what, five minutes before somebody uploads it online and you can just watch it there? Yeah. It's crazy.
3: Yeah, I've never been to San Diego Comic-Con, nor do I really want to, ever. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't. Yeah, the closest I've been to in, in that kind of big convention was New York Comic-Con, mm-hmm. which is like, you know, Nintendo goes there, you know. Mm-hmm. it's a, It's a huge convention, but there's always comics there too like i could always find someone selling classic stuff or people like me selling their own stuff there
1: <laughs> well yeah that's uh new york comic con is interesting because that the javits center like it's they have to section it all off like so they have here's the ads section oh did you want to go to artist alley and meet artists That's like a long walk away from there. Yeah, I remember
3: doing an artist alley in a separate like building. And it was nice (laughs) because there were like, there was windows, light was coming through. Uh, (laughs) I remember doing pretty well there too, uh, that one time, but it was just, it was so, but I also remember doing one in a... Caddy corner next to like bootleg shirts <laughs> and some other assholes who cares <laughs> that would we did not do that as well
1: and uh, you ever meet anybody on the fame level of mark hamill while working at these conventions
3: i did get to meet peter mayhew oh nice yeah. and i did this is going to be a fun story uh, i did <laughs> do one in calgary uh, canada which is kind of like uh, the midwest of canada <laughs> mm-hmm. it reminded me a lot of oklahoma um <laughs> And I was there early and was taking a, uh, a number two in the bathroom, <laughs> as was someone else. I was washing my hands. The guy who was also doing his thing left immediately. And he was obviously, he without washing his hands. That's uh, what I he thought. Was, he was obviously someone who like who was supposed to be at the show, who was supposed to do stuff. And I was just like, I was like, who the fuck? So I followed, <laughs> I walked just around <laughs> <and> followed him. <laughs> I saw him get into his little booth and it was Neil Adams. Whoa! Oh, no. oh, and he Neil was at Adam. the shake
0: Neil Adams hand pavilion. <laughs> oh, no, no. Uh, I go and
3: tell my friend that, and they're like, "Oh yeah, Neil Adams was like a coast to coast guest, oh. like like a weird like possibly conspiracy guy, but like a classic comic book creator too." <laughs> <laughs> wow, and that's, also a uh,
1: filthy
0: filthy
3: man.
1: Uh, <laughs> I mean, he might think it's a uh, chlorine in the water. He doesn't want to touch <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. Like, as, as
3: soon as my friend told me that, I was like, "Okay, <laughs> something like the puzzle just made sense." Uh, as to what this man is about.
1: That's so. That's so funny. I didn't. Uh, I knew Neil Adams. Like he has a lot of good qualities to him. Like when he was at his most popular, he was a big booster of guilting DC into giving any kind of money to the creators of Superman. Like he really helped shame DC into that, which is great. But
3: well, good on him, man. Yeah. But just. Just wash your damn hands. Sometimes Yes,
1: now he really uh, that you know I now I judge him poorly. <laughs> in the uh, the measure measurement of a man's life. Yuck. <laughs> but this episode,
0: I feel like going back upon watching this. A lot of the comic book and comic book convention stuff is pretty stale, but it was mm. you have to remember it was new in nineteen ninety eight. Like things like this and the Mission Hill episode where they go to a convention. That was a fresh set piece oh, to yeah. use in a comedy show. I
1: love these jokes in ninety eight, like because they were very my local convention in Florida was Megacon Mm. and uh, Uh, I loved
0: Megacon
3: or I I went to Megacon often
1: (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I had good times there. It was uh, yeah. It's a very Florida, air-conditioned, crazy... I mean, and you get to be in Orlando, so if you want to also go to Disney World, uh, you can. 90% of I've my convention
0: that. experience has been anime conventions. Uh, that is still too obscure for The Simpsons <laughs> to parody. Uh,
1: I think there is a joke the next time they go to some sort of con. Well, no, I think the next con joke is the Wizard Did It Xena stuff. Yeah. But I, a little after that, Bart watches an anime at a convention or something. The yeah. It turns into a shoe. It's, in
0: it's in the web cartoon episode, I think. Ah, yeah, yes. But yeah. you uh, have not lived until you've been glomped against your will, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. I was glomped. Aye. I didn't like it. <laughs>
1: Wait, what? My is apologies. Uh,
0: Someone runs up to you and screams random glomp and they hug you and it's Ugh. funny. Ugh, and uh, it's just a form of assault. <laughs>
1: that
0: sounds... <laughs> <laughs> Boy, would you rather get that or yaoi paddled? Um... The Yaoi Paddle is really just to attract attention.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, we're getting too inside down yeah. and stuff. But <laughs> uh, I last pre-clips story I wanted to tell was I have seen Mark Hamill at conventions. Like, he, you could pass by him, but I... I wasn't spending the money or waiting in line long enough to get a signature. I mean, Mark Hamill was, as a child, my favorite just in Star Wars. And then I don't think I knew it immediately when I started watching Batman, the animated series. But soon enough, when I found out it was the same voice as Luke Skywalker, that made me 10 times the fan I was of the guy. And I've been a big fan of him ever since. And now it's funny that he's uh, 20 years after this episode came out. Now he's been the Star of two of the biggest films of all time, at least in money ways, uh, thanks <laughs> to returning to the character of Luke Skywalker, uh, but you can still he's a convention constant my, my husband actually did get a photo with him at a con because his friend paid for it and so he hung beside his friend to to meet mark hamill and i mean uh you know i could see that eventually driving you crazy meeting 800 people a day and shaking their hands but the idea of being paid somebody handing you like 80 dollars and saying you're a genius and the greatest person that's Uh ever lived that sounds nice in in the vacuum
0: When there's a Podcon in 30 years, people can meet us. <laughs> We're
1: telling the stories about meeting everybody here. That's uh, yeah. I uh, so Mark Hamill also is a real nerd. Like he is. Uh, he's he's not a fake gamer guy. He's, uh, he's he really is. Like there's a story that before Batman the animated series came out, he was campaigning to be a voice on it just because he had heard they're doing Batman right ahead of time. Like he knew about it beforehand and was campaigning for a part on the show.
0: And he replaced Tim Curry who had originally voiced the Joker for like two or three episodes they just re-recorded those
1: whoa really I never
0: knew about that
1: yeah the no Tim Curry audio is out there they never have released it but But Tim Curry
0: uh, I mean I it could it could have been a great Joker because Tim Curry is great but Mark Hamill is my Joker and in fact I came to Star Wars much later than Henry so (laughs) when I first saw the first Star Wars maybe 1997 or 8 maybe even 1999 I think I watched the first Star Wars after episode 1 That's how backwards I am. I was like, oh, that's the Joker. Neat. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: And yeah, Mark Hamill makes a lot of interesting choices. And this is also when he was not doing Star Wars things, uh, which on the commentary he kind of chuckles at. I think him and Lucas did not have a good relationship or something. And so... He never did official Star Wars things until Disney bought it. But he was always active, and like he also, he, but he does weird stuff if he feels like it. Like right at the same time he was being in Star Wars films, when the new Flash TV show asked him to resume his silly role of the trickster oh, right. that he played in the '90s Flash TV show, he's like, "Hell yeah! Put me in a stupid costume right now! I'll start giggling!"
0: Like, <laughs> and of course, he was, I believe, cockknocker. In Jay yes. and Silent Bob Strike Back. Yes, he was. And <laughs> yes. when he comes on the screen, uh, the movie stops and a big uh, subtitle comes on the screen and says,
1: it's Mark Hamill, kids. <sighs> yes, yeah. And I they want you to cheer. People in the audience cheered. Good times. <laughs> Good times, yeah. Good times. yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, this episode written by Ron Halge, I think one of the strongest writers of season 10. They, He's really great on all the commentaries, too. He's just a funny guy. He's a very
0: funny guy. Uh, of course, uh, former Ren Stimpy writer, coming mm-hmm. to The Simpsons. He wrote a few great
1: Seinfelds, too. Uh, and I think... Uh, you know the animation's not great, but the only thing I'd say I don't like about this episode is how violent Homer is to his family. He, yeah, it really takes me out of
0: it. <laughs> now. It's funny. Uh, I mean, it's it's horrifying that he's trank, he's like knocking out a little girl in this episode. Yes, but everyone yeah. on the commentary is laughing uproariously, even MacGraining. So it's just like mm. they they are getting a lot of fun out of watching this. But it is, if you think about it, it's it's like he just it's like a, uh, even more extreme than him strangling Bart is knocking out his children mm-hmm. and
3: wife. The only like saving grace is when he does it. To to himself and then like million dollar babies himself on the side yeah. of the table
1: that's yeah at least he gets it the worst like yeah but, but now with what we know about concussions and everything it's it's far worse you know now what he's doing to them with the
3: oh yeah uh, it's still it's still like just a tiny bit of the jerk ass homer
1: <laughs> oh yes uh, well, we call him mean homer here we don't yeah uh, we're an ah. anti-jerk ass homer uh mean we're, homer we're, we're breaking you.
0: up we're breaking up the paradigm. <laughs> <see. laughs>
3: The Simpsons will be right back.
1: We're just a bunch of crazy guys and dolls here, and we really appreciate you listening to this week's episode of talking simpsons and a big thank you to our guest hilarious cartoonist kc green we thank him for all of his insights on going to conju please check out kc's kickstarter for the collected edition of he is a good boy you can find links to that on his twitter or just search through kickstarter for he is a good boy and you know what we are good boys at patreon.com talking simpsons Because you guys can hear so many exclusive podcasts and every episode of Talking Simpsons and our sister podcast, What a Cartoon, a week ahead of time and ad-free for only $5 a month. That support helps me and Bob do this as our full-time job, and we couldn't do it without our many wonderful subscribers not to mention if you sign up for five bucks a month you'll get access to our huge back catalog of patreon exclusive podcasts like our mini series where me and bob deconstruct the entire series of the critic plus the first seasons of futurama and king of the hill all in our talking simpsons style it's a ton of fun and another exclusive mini series is coming in the fall you gotta sign up for five bucks a month at patreon.com slash talking simpsons to hear it all today Just as all Grotten potatoes are quality side, this podcast has a quality side in our $10 and up premium Patreon level at patreon.com slash talking simpsons. For folks who pledge at that level, they get access to our monthly What a Cartoon Movie Podcast, our most recent one. We did Rocco's Modern Life Static Cling. We had another awesome one coming in September, and if you sign up at the $10 a month level today, you'll have access to over 24 hours of bonus content from our What a Cartoon Movie Podcast, Podcast about films like like over three hours long, sometimes even four hours long, podcasts about films like Aladdin, Kiki's Delivery Service, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, Secret of Nim, A Goofy Movie, Akira, and tons and tons more. Too many to list. You gotta check out our premium level at $10 a month one more time at patreon.com slash talking simpson. Uh, So this episode begins with, like, I think it's the fourth episode in a row they have the full opening. I think they're really running short a lot in these these, uh, episodes, Uh, which is funny because the uh, seven and eight, they had nothing but content. They're like, we got to cut everything. It's too full. But... A lot of Scully episodes, they are running short in the same ways Al Jean and Mike Reese's were.
0: At least Scully doesn't have them watch an unrelated parody on TV to fill time. Al Jean and Mike mm-hmm. Reese would do that a lot. And a lot of those are funny, but it was a lot of uh, time killing.
1: Well, this one does start with one though. <laughs> oh, you're right. <laughs> Damn it. It is a bit unrelated. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm such an idiot
0: that the Titanic thing is an unrelated parody. Wow. Uh,
1: though it's only 30 <laughs> seconds, so uh, at least that. But it, it's pretty funny. here. I'm just going to play the entirety of Roger Corman's Titanic.
3: And now the conclusion of our $1000 movie, Roger Corman's Titanic.
2: We're safe now, Clarice. We made it away from that cursed ship.
4: Now I can relax and take off this stifling bikini. Mm-hmm. <sighs>
5: Return for the remainder of the conclusion after these
4: messages. Well, I'd rather get a message than see another lousy commercial.
1: <laughs> I, I, uh, I love that they faked out like the way they cheated of saying and now out the conclusion and we'll return to the conclusion after these messages. <laughs> I won't harp on
0: the weird animation constantly, but one of the things <laughs> I noticed in this episode was uh when the Titanic hits the iceberg. I'm sure in the script it was like like in a bad shitty movie, it it's not very convincing. But the way it actually hits the iceberg in the animation is just like weird and confusing and awkward.
1: Yeah. It just it's
0: just very strange.
1: Yeah, I think uh, that it didn't look as bad as Roger Corman would have made it. Yeah, I I like that it uh, like in sound effects they wanted to sound like they painted a car to look like the Titanic that then hit a, yeah. a big styrofoam glacier.
0: If it was something like a SpongeBob episode where they could cut away to a different medium, they could just cut away to like a toy boat in a bathtub <laughs> or something. But they they can't do that on this show. No.
1: Nah. Uh, thanks, to MSD3K. I knew who Roger Corman was. Yeah. I, I otherwise would I I. I think uh it probably confused most viewers of like who's roger corman like he's though we know from watching bad movies roger corman is hardly the worst film oh director yeah of all time
0: he's the most successful bad filmmaker of all time
1: <laughs> when well, his b movies are always like they're at least entertaining and they have like a sheen of trying at least to them as opposed to, like, uh, I don't know, Coleman Francis. Or oh, yeah.
0: Or like Tommy Wiseau. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, James Nguyen is the Burdemic guy, I believe. Yeah. Mm.
1: And Roger Corman's claim to fame will always be discovered like Martin Scorsese and uh, Peter Bogdanovich gave them all their first uh, directorial jobs. This did uh, strike me at the time as as good, like a Titanic joke a year later is late, but there were so many direct-to-video Titanic rip-offs in like Walmart or Blockbuster you'd see.
0: Yeah, and I believe Corman would make a lot of uh, fool movies to put mm-hmm. in the VHS stores, like Carnosaur, I believe, was a Corman movie. Yeah, Just yeah. like, what? Uh, okay, Titanic is a big movie, let's make our version of that with nudity, and that's more <laughs> trashy. He would do that a lot with popular movies.
1: He was the anthem films of his time. Uh, I also, I do love the line of like, now I can relax and take off this stifling bikini. But <laughs> she's This woman is like, oh, this bikini is too much clothes for her. Uh, and I think the design of the fake DiCaprio is the handsome male date that uh, from Natural Born Kissers okay. when they're looking at the Gilded Truffle. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think I just pulled that out of the character pack. Uh, and then also that Homer is only offended by commercials, not messages. The message doesn't bother him at all. Uh, but yes, then we get to the great... I really do love the Bond Sci-Fi Con commercial. I think, though, in the animation, they in the design wanted the aliens to look more like guys in masks and it doesn't really come through yeah. so much.
2: People of Earth, we have traveled all the way from space to attend the most astrotastic event in the entire universe.
5: Oh, you said it, Phil. Hmm. It's the bi-monthly Springfield Sci-Fi Convention.
2: That's right. It's, it's bi Sci-Fi Con. Come meet all your favorite stars. Mark Hamill. Elf.
5: And many more. <laughs> Plus tag team robot wrestling. It's the mighty robots of Battlestar Galactica versus the gay robots of Star
6: Wars. Uh, oh, stop! Please
2: save me, too! Oh, you stupid little tramp! You're so boring. I hate you.
0: Are, we, are these some of the first the robots in Star Wars are gay jokes? You are we know, at the cusp of this? I
1: think this is the first one I remember as a, as a child.
0: I
3: bet people called the C-3PO gay for long, longer than The Simpsons. <laughs>
1: Yeah, we guess the tw- it was twenty years before that of calling C three PO gay. Yeah. yeah,
3: it's just so it's just so like official the way they say it. Like, oh, and the gay robots are here too.
1: <laughs> I, you know, it is kind of used as a pejorative, but I really love the mm-hmm. delivery of. And the gay robots uh-huh. of, of Star Wars.
3: <laughs> yeah, like Battlestar Galactica is so much more cooler.
1: Yeah, which that really dates the writers, too. Because, like, when they even showed the Battlestar Galactica robots, I didn't know who they were. The, like, those were never rerun where I grew up, anyway. Yeah.
0: We're, are we still before the reboot series? Is oh, that, yeah. Okay. That was that's like early 2000s or, yeah. or
1: something. Yeah. That's, uh, that's when the Cylons got sexy. Mm hmm. And uh, yeah, these Cylons are the, they, the Cylons are cool. I'm not saying they don't look cool, though. I mean, they're just like, what if a stormtrooper was chrome? That's pretty <laughs> much their design. Uh, though this also is like one of the last pre-prequel Star Wars jokes that we as a, as a universe could celebrate together.
3: The yeah, they're really giving it to Star Wars in this whole episode. Yeah,
0: we didn't yeah. get any Alf in this. I bet Al Jean, who was on the staff kind of at the time, did not want to bite the hand of the Mercurial <laughs> Paul Fusco.
1: Oh, Paul Fusco! The... I do love that shot of Alf's head spitting next to Mark Hamill's head. Yeah, it's so <laughs> great. Yeah, it's so fucking funny, especially because when the the joke, the extra layer to the joke is that when they were making the commercial, they had no other confirmed celebrities, so they just had to go like. And many more. And just just spin around. The heads continue spinning. I like
3: uh, the joke that it's called the bi monthly sci fi convention, which can mean both twice a month or every other month. Yeah. Which is kind of odd that they would have a, a a comic show every other month or even twice a month. There are
0: so many nerds in Springfield, though.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, my I my, so, my voice speak as I said nerds. that. So I'm one of them. There's so many nerds in Springfield. <laughs> uh, and the characters of the actors in the alien suits. I love that, too, that like. One voiced by Dan is very method and he's like Cubans, and the other guy is just like, That's right, Phil. You'll see, like, that." I'd say, I love that gag too. I think Dan Castellaneta does a really good Anthony Daniels as the fussy Anthony Daniels. He's doing a lot of
0: impressions of sci fi characters in this episode,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, why is he the primary guy on this one? I mean, I guess he's the best. Direct impressionist of yeah. the three guys uh, that normally handle those things. Uh, he's uh, he's doing quite a Trump these
0: days. Oh, <sighs> it's uh, I I don't <laughs> I, I it's, it'd be weird if they hired somebody from outside the show to do it, but I, I don't like his Trump. But I feel Man. like he's the only one on the show on the voice cast that would do it.
1: Yeah, well, that it would also do it for internet videos as opposed to like if you. I feel like they just get spit in their face if Harry Shear If they asked Harry Shearer to do, could you do extra for the internet? Like he he wouldn't yeah. touch. Them yeah
3: dan's like the more down one to do this stuff but yikes to that video
1: yeah yeah well in general his trump is just kind of weak i mean it i prefer it to say alec baldwin's i think he actually does it better than uh the terrible alec baldwin but otherwise not great but this is gonna date it we're making fun if you guys don't know what we're making we're sighing about when we're recording this The West Side, West Wing Side Story, I believe it was called. No. No! I think that's the official name of the video. Uh, (laughs) But it's a West Side Story parody of the um, four congressional women that Trump called un-American. They're telling him, like, we're... They take the immigrant song from that and parodically uh, have the women sing it to him and tell him he has his nose up Putin's ass, which... Uh, was, uh, funny yeah
0: I will say Fine. that I'm sure we'll talk more about it on uh August talk to the audience, but I do feel like that is not the parody to go with. If you're going to make this, don't parody a 60-year-old musical that I only know because things in the 90s referenced it. <laughs> if you ask people, what do you think this is a parody of? I think maybe 90% would be like, uh, it's a parody of something. Mm-hmm. It's a parody yeah. of Trump. Duh. <laughs> it's Duh. a parody of the Good Feathers. Oh, about yeah. <laughs> perching on Scorsese's head, right?
1: <laughs> I want a perch on Scorsese's head. That's right. Those yeah. fucking
0: birds that know it's Scorsese. <laughs> uh,
1: Stupid birds. But anyway, yes, I I do like his Anthony Daniels thing, and it was also funny to hear on the commentary Mark Hamill, who is incredibly fawning of being with the Simpsons folks. He's he's so happy to be there. He he had to like he had a little giggle at Anthony Daniels as uh, feminist. I I don't know what Anthony Daniels' uh, personal life is or his proclivities. But I mean, as three PO, he was always playing this, you know, fuss budget. You'd at least say, and his his relationship with R two D two is one of a. Uh, uh, it could be seen as somewhat gay. Sure, they're just friends being pals, <laughs>
0: robot pals. Uh,
1: but I, uh, you know, what uh, struck me now listening to it, they got the R two D two beeps like exactly right. But Chewie later is just like a bear. Like they didn't even try with Chewie.
0: I guess at the time Fox uh, still owned Star Wars, so maybe they were able to steal the mm. sound effects if they wanted to.
3: Yeah, because they used to be litigious even about like the term lightsaber, didn't they?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. You'd have to have like laser sword. This isn't a lightsaber. Well, yeah. Well, it was a complicated thing because Fox always Fox worked with Lucas. But they only owned the first Star Wars, and Lucas right, right. owned all the rest. Hmm. Uh, and then Disney, now Disney owns it all anyway. I mean, when we watched this 21 years ago, we definitely didn't think they'd both be owned by an, the same company, and that same company would be Disney of all of them. But uh, yeah. that's how it is, man. They They will own... I see the future where Disney owns all fiction and all the other companies own everything else. I hope they
0: provide me with health insurance in the
1: future. (laughs) Only if you swear uh, allegiance to them. Maybe if you get, like, a Mickey face tattoo. Ooh. A Mickey tear Maybe they'll have,
0: like,
3: tiers of stuff, like, you know, Mickey's the the highest, goofy Pete is the lowest, or whatever, you know? They'll make make it fun and commodify it. Uh, I
1: only have goofy-level insurance. I'm trying to get up to Donald.
3: I've got Clarabelle cow, (laughs) which means they'll bury me if I die. (laughs) You get Oswald, Oswald the Lucky Rabbit's the worst.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think in later episodes when they go to a con, they would have had a justification of Bart or Homer whoever saying, I love Star Wars, I want to meet this person, or I love this series, I want to see that. But instead in this, it's just, yeah, beats work, beats school, and they just go like, Yeah. Yeah. The the there's no reason they go there I think they didn't want to they did want to keep a clear divide between nerds and regular people like the Simpsons even then in 98 uh, but yes they they arrive at the Biomon Sci-Fi Con with set phasers to fun which that's <laughs> not the most clever joke mm. I feel like I've heard that joke a million times me too but uh, the sci-fi con they draw is so piddling compared to the monolith of ads that is, mo- is San Diego Comic Con. Like,
3: yeah, now- it did remind me of that one I went to in Tulsa with Peter <laughs> Mayhew. Uh,
1: I miss, I do miss that level of it. Like, I now I would rather go to San Diego Comic Con than E3. I actually would, even though there's more people. Uh, but you get to when I went to E3. I had to be super focused on just video games. But when I would cover San Diego Comic-Con, I could tell people like, you know, I'm not just video game boy. I've heard of these cartoons uh-huh. and can interview people, you know? Uh, so that was that was nice. It was the times I actually, it was the first time I got to meet a friend of the show, Ian Jones-Quarty, was uh, was when I covered San Diego Comic-Con.
0: I think it was more like they still didn't respect your skills, but they're like, this sucker can do more work. <laughs> we, we can hire one less person. Uh-huh. Henry, you're our man. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, but yeah so they arrive at the con chewy is not allowed in and he's told uh, that's when he has like just his bear shout instead of uh the his actual well I look I'm not Harlan Williams I'm not gonna imitate the oh, that's what he did right yes yeah. yeah uh that's all that's all he did really I feel like Harlan
0: Williams was always Jim Brewer's understudy but Jim Brewer <laughs> never quits uh you need a, sl- a slightly less high looking guy yeah <laughs> Who would you say is more famous now? Oh, uh, Brewer probably. He got SNL. Well, well, what's Brewer even doing these days? I
1: think he does have a podcast, and Harlan Williams doesn't. So that would yeah. problem.
3: <laughs> so there you go. There's yeah. your answer.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have seen Harlan Williams stand up, and it was a sad thing uh, because I this has nothing to do with this episode, <laughs> but uh, we went to me and my friends went to University of Northern Florida. Because we wanted to see his opening act, Mitch Hedberg, the late Mitch Hedberg. Uh, And that was great. But then we all felt like, well, we drove all the way here. We should just stay for Harlan Williams. Harlan Williams was there for an hour, and he had 30 minutes. And so watching the other 30 minutes where he just had to stretch and yell at the audience and just... Uh, go like uh, what else? What else? What else? Uh, it was, it was real sad. What's in the newspaper today. <laughs> uh, yeah, it. Uh, and it felt extra sad because then afterwards, all the dudes at this college came up to them with him with their half baked DVDs, which is just like, who fucking remembers he's in half baked? He's like the fourth most interesting guy in half baked. Anyway, the the opening gag uh we the opening clip we played of Lisa being a, a nerd magnet, I did really like that show. Yeah.
0: And Lisa's a different kind of nerd, but we do get a Futurama t-shirt on Uter, which yeah. is nice. So we are, right now we are uh 3 months before Futurama premieres or 4 months. It was March.
1: Yes, yeah. Though I bet I wonder if when this aired, they knew they weren't getting the Super Bowl uh mm. premiere and that it was uh, that that sweet plum was going to Family Guy. Uh. We're just a month away from the premiere Family Guy in Simpsons timeline with this episode, but that shirt, like in universe, that must be a bootleg shirt. But I wonder if that was ever the logo of the show because it's it doesn't look like the mm. logo of the show. It's like a bl- light blue oval with Futurama written over it. Huh, and,
0: it maybe it was just very similar, but on the, not the final logo. Mm, I didn't well, I didn't directly compare that. Like, yeah.
1: Mm i mean maybe it was the okayed logo in like early 98 when they did it or the uh, like we said there's animation problems all over this one
0: yeah i was excited as someone who was reading about futurama like oh man a new Macarena series it looks (laughs) so cool i i was ready for futurama so i was excited upon seeing uter in the show yeah
1: i was yeah
3: i was more tuned into that like futurama about to come out because i was like oh something new from him cool Mm -hmm. it's like simpson's still going Eh." (laughs) oh come on there's still so much fun in the simpsons case no like i like this episode after watching it i just as a kid i just
0: i tuned a lot of it out yeah a new show it with new characters was exciting
1: mm. yeah and, and though i it wasn't until i watched the dvds and heard matt graining shout out the futurama t-shirt did i even notice that was oh, there wow. i never noticed it in my in my early viewings of this we get a little gag of the many people who are signing at it and then nobody cares about neil armstrong though neil armstrong Buzz Aldrin goes to stuff like that. Neil Armstrong was a uh, bit of a shut-in. First think, comes yeah. before seconds. <laughs>
0: Buzz Aldrin was on the show, Neil Armstrong never was, mm-hmm. and he died in 2012, so uh I wonder if they thought they could
1: get Neil Armstrong for this joke. Maybe
0: maybe Buzz Aldrin was more of a character in Deep Space Homer though. He's mm-hmm. he's not just some guy who yells about I'm going to kick your ass. <laughs> at I his mean, handler.
1: Buzz Aldrin appears in anything. He's still like he he's done a lot of cameos and stuff. I think Simpsons was maybe one of his first uh, comedic appearances but back in 98 this doctor who reference felt like really deep cut to me like because at least uh, for our british listeners it might feel different but in the 90s if you were an american fan of doctor who you were the biggest nerd of the nerds like (laughs) you really were like even i looked at them like you can't watch fucking anime you watch this Uh like this ancient old show (laughs) it may it uh, actually liking doctor who that because this is Probably about three years before the true Doctor Who reboot uh, came out in the BBC when right. it finally started getting big in America.
0: And this was before I knew that all Dr. Smith jokes were pedophile jokes.
1: Oh, boy. Yeah. that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was wondering, was that based on
3: anything or was it just a... Just a pedophile joke for the sake of having it.
1: Well, I do remember there was a clip of um, the actors from Lassie in Lost in Space. June Lockhart. June Lockhart yeah. talking about Jonathan Harris's portrayal, and she, uh, they, she was asked like, "Boy, that's a pretty gay." Part isn't, it? and she's like, oh yeah, with him chasing the little boy around all the time, pretty crazy, huh? Like, so I think when they were making it, they even kind of knew that they were making gay pedophile jokes with the character. Cool. Yeah, yeah yeah yeah
0: and apparently i learned from the commentary he uh jonathan harris was from brooklyn that i love he wasn't yeah. british just affected
1: <laughs> didn't they say they tried to get him which is just like you're doing a joke that he's trying to molest Bart simpson yeah, it, and you asked him to act it out it seems
0: like well i mean i don't know if he'd be down with that but he was pretty funny on uh in the season two of freakazoid as freakazoid's he's manservant so good, yeah yes. doing the same oh the pain aren't you that? Oh, that's guy? right that he yeah.
1: was that guy aren't you that guy from lost in space oh uh let's just Let's hear, let's hear the uh the scene here
5: hey wait i saw that lost in space movie you are not dr smith
4: oh the pain the pain the pain of it all <laughs> you
3: have still got it dr smith
4: silence you nickel-plated nitwit my dear boy i'd be happy to show you my resume if you'd care to meet me later in the food court danger danger bart simpson <laughs>
1: Uh, it's, I mean, it's funny to hear him say danger, danger, Bart Simpson. And that's, that's, that actually is Dick Tufeld. Yes. Uh,
0: Henry death jingle time. Oh no. We got a, dead, got a dead man on our hands and we didn't kill him.
5: Death <laughs> stalks you at every turn. Uh, there it is. Death.
0: So Dick cool. Tufeld, the voice of the ro- unnamed robot from Lost in Space. They never gave the thing a name. The robot. The robot. Really? He died in uh, 2012 at the age of 85.
1: Wow! Yeah, man, made it that long. But yes,
0: uh, an odd guest star for one line, but that's him. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and
3: not getting the other guy.
0: <laughs> yeah, and he's and he's not Robbie the robot. That's a different
3: robot. Yes. I was about a, to
0: name call that guy. I was like, "Is that Robbie? <laughs> what is Robbie the robot from?" Uh, Nothing.
1: No, everything. He, he was from. Uh, <laughs> Uh, he's from forbidden, planet. Oh, forbidden, forbidden Plan- planet that's it yeah yeah uh, but Doc, he was also just used
3: in like everything like Columbo and everything he battled
1: the robot in an episode of lost in space he was just like, a prop uh,
0: that got passed around yeah, yeah. but yeah. gort is from the day the earth stood still yes right. you know, he's in this episode yes. yeah
1: clatu yeah. Barada Nikto, that's the which i only heard first said by ash in uh army of darkness <laughs> then I learned that was a Gort reference. Yeah, I my think- dad
3: really liked that that old movie, Day the Earth Stood still. And when he when they said Klaatu, I was like, oh, that's from Evil Dead. <laughs> like, like my father knows that.
1: Uh, that's uh, you. You guys are two generations of geeks, <laughs> unable to, to understand one another. You really kind of are. <laughs> yeah, I think Twofeld would just do whatever. Like he'd uh, he did. Well, you could hear his voice on the Thundar the Barbarian. What a cartoon we did, because he was the uh, announcer for the show. He was the guy who said Thundar the Barbarian. Oh right, yeah, great pipes on him. Mm-hmm. And also,
0: right after this, with the scene with comic book guy, we get a nice reference to Roswell, the. Bomb- comic comic yeah. series drawn by Bill Morrison. We interviewed him for the Patreon. In case you don't know, he did a ton of the drawings for Simpsons merch mm-hmm. back in the day and he was also a huge part of Futurama, designing people like, or sorry, characters like Bender and a lot of just the look of the show. Yeah. So, yeah he has a major hand in that show and didn't get enough credit for it.
1: No, Bill Morrison is such a big deal. I, I think a lot of Simpsons fans don't really know. Like I, I knew him. Uh, you know how the story of Carl Barks, the the creator of Uncle Scrooge, he was known as like the the good duck artist before they named him. I thought of Bill Morrison as the good Simpsons artist because if I'd see official Simpsons art or the comics, the best drawings were all usually done by Bill Morrison, like or Nina was...
0: Matsumoto. Yes, actually, yeah. she is the best. <laughs> okay, and but, I will not take any criticism about that I'm, comment. Well, I'm
1: talking about in 1993. I know, I'm Bob. kidding,
0: I'm
1: kidding. <laughs> 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 but. Uh, but back then he was uh, he was the best artist and he, everything was on model. He'd make every character look right, especially his Bartman drawings were great. And this is some real like uh, a, a nice favor to put in his creator-owned work, Roswell in the show uh, like that he must be right behind comic book guy selling his wares of Roswell and uh, yet that we found out in our interview which you can hear on the Patreon in that that how much work he had done in designing like that uh, uh, the just the look and coloring and everything of Futurama that like he he likened it to Matt Groening telling him the idea of Leela and then bill morrison would sketch something and then matt would go well maybe more like this and then he'd sketch it so like his fingerprints are all over that and he was very humble
0: he said at some point he was like maybe i should start getting paid for all this work i'm doing <laughs> on futurama and then he did
1: uh yeah yeah and the oh one last bit about the lost in space thing though is that the layout of that joke is very similar to their adam west joke they did it the car show That is true yeah of saying i've seen the recent remake of this you're not the real version of this character and no one remembers that movie yes yeah. i do matt uh-huh. LeBlanc's in it there's space monkeys and the problem with that movie is that uh the dr smith in it is not gay enough he should have been gayer <laughs> that was their mistake in that movie he is just outright trying to kill uh the the entire family like directly. yeah he was
3: the he was the bad guy wasn't he yes
0: yeah
1: yeah or well also, the bad guy was a future version of yeah. the Robinson boy. Uh, Again, I Will. only know it
0: through a We Hate Movies episode, so uh, <laughs> I'm glad I missed it.
1: That that movie really is four episodes of a Lost in Space TV series shoved into a movie with a pretty good cast. A pretty good cast.
0: And now there's a new netf- new-ish Netflix series, but mm-hmm. I can't watch anything. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> all, all I know about it is that people say the robot has a nice behind in it. I've, seen, I've seen people say that. Okay, let's talk about this joke. I have uh, never felt more attacked by the show than oh, yeah. in this Spider-Man joke here. <laughs> I made a, I made a note of it.
0: Like this got to be. Uh, it spoke to young Henry.
1: It did. No, in 1998, I literally was sorting through my Spider-Man comics and making sure every title was in the correct issue number order and that definitely Amazing Spider-Man was separate from Spectacular Spider-Man as well as Web of Spider-Man the 1990 <laughs> series Simply Spider-Man which by 98 had been renamed to Peter Parker comma Spider-Man
0: Was it called Simply Spider-Man or
1: <laughs> No it was just quote Spider-Man And then unquote. Suddenly Spider-Man <laughs> uh, There's also a Spider-Man Unlimited at the time too not to mention countless Spider-Man miniseries that I also had to categorize in my long boxes the correct way. So when I saw this joke in 1998, making it the, the gag of the biggest loser in the world would be somebody who cares about this, I did feel hurt a little bit by The Simpsons. But they're <laughs> correct. I I don't care about these things anymore. Now all of my carefully ordered Spider-Man comics are sitting in my mom and stepdad's garage up in Mm. Northern California. Appreciating value. Oh, yes, (laughs) yeah. I, I stare at them, and I think sometimes I should really just let my mom throw this away to have more garage space. But I think back to me at 14 swearing to myself that i wouldn't be like the nerds of the generation before me i'd hold on to all my comic books and not throw them away but now it's like uh like an albatross around my neck uh-huh. these comics
0: i <laughs> will say in 1998 as a nerd more into video games and anime than comics the idea of a cute nerd girl who had my similar interests <laughs> did seem like science fiction <laughs> but now they're out they're out there they're everywhere
1: uh-huh. yeah i think i like this cute nerd girl design she is uh an early version of that manic pixie nerd girl that yeah. uh, that is all the rage in uh, Bazinga Town these days.
0: Bazinga Town, <laughs> the working title for The yeah. Big Bang Theory was Bazinga Town.
1: I think the only problem with her is that she's into Little Lulu instead of like Wonder Woman or uh, There's a better girl comic stereotype to give her if you're going to give it.
0: And, and this uh, little joke gives us the age of uh, Jeff, Jeff Albertson,
1: the comic uh, book boo, guy. Don't uh, I hate <laughs> you saying that name? We don't mind. say that name. <laughs> Uh, 45 uh, But K- Casey, Did you uh, Did you carefully order Your comic books As a child
3: No absolutely not oh, Boo <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wasn't f- super into Like uh, Marvel or DC Or stuff At the most I would like Find Sonic Or Archie At, at the uh, Like the local uh, Albertson's
0: grocery store <laughs> uh, I, see. I, I was always Just a very fastidious And organized nerd And I would Alphabetize everything <laughs> Like everything <laughs> in my room To the point where Friends would comment on it
1: <laughs> <laughs> And I was
0: silently judge them like all those books are just in a pile oh they're gonna get all messed up how
1: would you know which one goes first yeah now my comic books on the shelf are they're more sorted by series and not exactly alphabetical i think what broke me from the boredom of alphabetical ordering was working at video stores and keeping everything in alphabetical order and uh, there was a time where I knew I could close my eyes and walk to where a DVD case was on the shelf. I knew it that well. And I think that broke my brain. of uh, hmm. It gave me too much of, the, of that specialized ordering, let's say, that I was doing. Uh, but yes, why don't we hear the closest thing to happiness that comic book guy will ever get.
2: Someone has mixed an amazing Spider-Man in with the Peter Parker the Spectacular Spider-Man series. This will not stand. Pardon me, but I wish to tender
4: a serious cash offer for this stack of water-damaged little Lulu's.
2: Uh, a, that is not water, it is Diet Mr. Pibb. And B, <laughs> I... Ooh. Uh, tell me, how do you feel about 45-year-old virgins who still live with their parents?
3: Comb the sweethearts
4: out of your beard and you're on.
2: Don't try to change me, baby.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh,
0: so sad. So- <laughs> Mr. Pibb is the funniest soda name. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> they landed on the right like on the way
3: that ends.
0: Just don't try to change me, baby.
1: <laughs> yeah, that he's like, the one time a woman has ever responded positively to his advances, and when she has one note of like, you can look how you look, you can have a comic book store, you can be a 45-year-old virgin, you can live with your mom, just don't have Sweet literal tarts. candy stuck in your beard right or now. Just a treat when you're making out. <laughs> oh <God. laughs> uh uh man uh, but see comic the differences between me and comic book guy end because i married a person who knows the difference between amazing and spectacular spider-man like that Gotta lock that down <laughs> <laughs> though when i say that he canonically comic book guy does get laid he has sex with skinner's mom, mom with, yeah. uh, with agnes so <laughs> and i
0: think Edna, Edna Krabappel, yeah. I my think. my big fat geek wedding is the end of Boo. the Skinner, and I'm not a fan of that. End of the Skinner and Edna storyline.
1: Though no, that does have a great joke of Matt Groening saying like, "Do you want a lock of my hair? I'll draw a drawing right now for you." Tug on
0: my beard; it's good luck. Yeah, it's <laughs> another comic book convention episode. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
1: Oh yeah, and Skinner's in a Catwoman suit. The I whole, Thought this was Catman. <laughs> oh boy. That uh, that we'll save that. Talk I like for two that years joke. <coughs> sure, sure, it's okay. Yeah. I love
3: Skinner. Was uh, the the little bit of like weird sci fi noise and the lighting a reference to anything when he was looking at her? It definitely felt like
1: Star Trek, like definitely a Star Trek kind of the pacing of it and like the like yeah, it it felt like original series Star Trek, especially how I know on Star Trek they just take like five seconds to show you a static shot of Spock or Kirk looking at something like what like. So that's that's what I think it is. But I like that the sparkles are coming off of her uh braces. Braces, yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah. And then uh then we get to meet the big star of this episode, the Mark Hamill.
4: Welcome, futurists, cyberphiles, and the rest of you dateless wonders. Yeah. <laughs> and now to push this convention into hyperspace, the man who put the star in Star Wars, a real burn on the Darth Vader saddle, Luke Skywalker himself, Mark Hamill!
6: Hey,
5: thanks everybody. You know, I'm here today as Luke Skywalker, but I'm also here to talk about Sprint. As you can see, you stand to save up to $0.17 cents a month over the more dependable providers. I talk about Star
4: Wars! Yeah! Star Wars! You stupid nerds! He's trying to save you money on long distance!
0: I love Data so much. I yeah. do yeah. <laughs> like any, any character that starts with like, ugh, or ah, Any character that starts with just like a hesitant, anxious uh, noise uh, is great. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Talk about Star Wars! Uh, and that's the perfect line to give database of all characters. Like They could have given that to Milhouse or Martin, but to give it to him... I think
0: that's uh, my favorite Nancy Cartwright voice. I just <laughs> love hearing
1: it. <laughs> uh, man. You know, Quimby, the running gag in the old times was he didn't know who Radiation Man was. Yeah. And that he thought Spock was one of the little rascals. But in this case, he actually knows a lot about Mark Hamill's resume.
0: I want to think that he literally thinks uh, Darth Vader is a cowboy. Oh, yes. And yes. that's <laughs> just not, a, it's not just a metaphor for Luke being a problem for Vader.
1: Mark Hamill comes out in his 1977 costume of Luke, which I doubt he'd ever wear in real life. He even has his old lightsaber, which uh, somebody on the animation side actually gave a shit because it's not just a tube. It really, as somebody who just considered purchasing an accurate recreation of that lightsaber for $150. That is a very accurate version of that lightsaber. Uh, I do also love the gag. He's knocking over stormtroopers, but they clearly didn't have a fourth stormtrooper Uh standee. So they just put wonder woman in there instead. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And on the commentary, Hamill Uh, definitely he well he has a lot of laughs at the idea that like george lucas does own him like he as in he owns his likeness rights he does uh but on top of that he didn't want to play himself he wanted to play another character which is why he does do a second voice in this episode but uh, he like mark hamill doesn't normally play himself and stuff and he because he he actually on the commentary is really geeking out a lot about the craft the acting of being a voice actor I think I Yeah, I love him as a voice actor.
0: He's so great and that's really what I know him best for, but I think this episode was made at a time where you could still be insecure like do people know who Mark Hamill is which is why I think he's almost always in his Luke Skywalker outfit just for the sake of the audience I mean that is the, also the gag but I think it's working with the idea that people might not know who Mark Hamill is
1: I mean Mark Hamill himself doesn't have an exactly distinctive face and yes. and also he hasn't had he hasn't had that 70s boy haircut since then either <laughs> like uh, also for most of the time in the well for a bit of the 90s he also had a Goatee, and he's had a goatee or a beard for for most of the 2000s as a a Mark Hamill super fan. (laughs) Uh, And I have been database in those audiences, though I don't say it out loud, but of just you're going to see, you know, say some comic artist or some writer you really love. But they're talking about a new thing that they are excited about. But you're like, I don't care about your new thing. Talk about the old thing that I liked.
3: I don't know. I think I feel like I might scream if someone started talking about Sprint. Oh, yes. I like
0: yeah. the line like uh, other more dependable companies. He's <laughs> putting down Sprint a little bit.
1: I've never had Sprint. Is Sprint good? Bad? Uh, I've never had, had it. Either. This was the era of
0: when long distance mattered and it was a thing.
1: But it's also the well, the collect call wars are coming real soon. Oh too. yeah. The uh, uh, David David Arquette versus... Uh, Ed, O'Neill, Ed O'Neill. Chris
0: Rock was in there, too. Was, oh, yeah. The I Simpsons were part of this. I mean, uh, who shot Mr. Burns was a collect call a promotion? That's right, yeah.
1: <laughs> Stamos, that was another one. Yeah, Old Stamos. Uh, but Mark, uh, Mark Hamill then let, offers people to come up on stage, and that's when all hell breaks loose.
5: Star Wars, huh? Well, let me ask you this. How many of you have ever dreamed of being in that movie? Well, you're in luck, because we're going to act out a scene, and I'll need a volunteer to play Obi-Wan. Kenobi? <laughs> Fark, fart, fart. To this
2: moment. I like how it has it. If anybody's gonna play obi, it's me. All right, step away, you foolish amateurs. Just keep back, keep out of it. The role is mine, with the acting and the groupies and the Luke. Luke, save me, with the lightsaber and the vwing, vwing, vwing. That's not how you vwing. you!
4: <laughs> We're doomed, doomed. <laughs> oh, God, can't this town go one day without a riot? <laughs> yeah, Gadzooks! Where are my bodyguards? Is there anything fluffier than a cloud? If there is, I don't want to know about it. <laughs>
5: okay. Okay. <laughs> the screws. use your lightsaber! What, and break it? You know, George Lucas makes me pay for these.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's important to note that Skinner is a big Star Wars fan. Go back to Lisa's rival, and I love that joke. They're all here, you know, the oh, entire yes, collection yeah. of action <laughs> figures, because... I always point that out to people as that describes what the Star Wars fan was viewed as in the 90s mm-hmm. in the mid in the early to mid 90s where Star Wars is this obscure thing for nerds nobody actually cares about it and uh, so obviously Skinner would be a fan.
1: You're a giant weirdo yeah. if you actually could name all those characters. Now Star Wars <laughs> is like
0: just the default entertainment movie loaf you're served every year, with your side of superheroes.
1: Uh, I still like those. Movies. I mean, it's
0: fun, but it's the, now it's just like uh, there's one every year, and it's yeah. the movies we all see. Like. As, as a true uh, nerd who uh, really was in the trenches for my mm-hmm. entire life, it's always fun to see like, oh, I'm such a nerd, I love Star Wars. Or like, yeah. I'm such a nerd, I, I've read every Harry Potter. It's like, yeah. you're just a normal person, it's okay.
1: It's <laughs> <laughs> like uh, in the 40s, somebody saying like, I read Gone with the Wind, I'm such a book nerd, yeah. man. Uh, well, actually, you know, the timing of this, I didn't even think of it in proper perspective. 1997 was when the special editions came out, so Star Wars Fever had begun again by the end of 98 like that was
0: yeah millions of people had seen him on the screen again recently
1: Mm -hmm. yeah and that that was all part of the plan of george lucas to uh, hype people up with the special editions and then two years later he's putting out his first prequel. I wonder too with that gag of C-3PO's head flying by, if that inspired George Lucas to have the hilarious headless C-3PO section of uh, Attack of the Clones. Oh. Remember that when his head just bounced around the robot factory? No, no, no one remembers it? I've only I've only seen the Riff
0: tracks version of that movie so uh, from what I remember, much fun was had about that scene. Uh,
1: yes, Yeah, he just his head bounces around and his head is put on a on a robot uh, shooting droid. it uh, oh so funny. I like the little hand motion they give Mark Hamill when he says dreamed, like his little like squeezing hand. Also, Edna is dressed like Barbarella. That's uh, if you're curious what the reference is there. That's uh, That was the sexy, before there were sexy anime girls, there was sexy Jane Fonda as a mm-hmm. sci-fi boob lady. Sci-fi boob lady. <laughs>
3: I love her one line in this whole episode.
1: Oh yeah, eh, nobody cares. Yeah. (laughs) That's
0: all they got Marsha Wallace for. (laughs) That's all they need her for.
1: But I like that she's standing, Edna's standing next to Seymour in that bit, so they went there as a date. I like seeing
0: them together in the background. It's cute. After the uh, season 8 episode where they got together.
1: Also, I think uh, some US animators snuck in the Madman t-shirt, the uh, the black with the lightning bolt uh, exclamation point. Mm. I saw it for like four frames, and I owned that shirt and wore it with pride, and everybody's like, oh, a Shazam shirt. I was like, no, it's Mike Allred's Madman. Haven't you read this comic that's not on sale anywhere?
0: If I wore that, it'd be like, oh, yeah, cool lightning bolt or whatever. No one would know it was Shazam or Madman or anything.
1: And then they'd, uh, they'd call you a slur. Yeah, probably.
0: They do that first.
1: <laughs> cool. Hey, F slur, cool lightning bolt. And
0: then I get shoved
1: uh but uh yeah i also quimby instantly sacrifices mark hamill to the nerds he throws them to them as him to them as a distraction uh mark hamill calls them get away from you freaking dweebs which again is funny because he is a real nerd like when uh it doesn't feel as authentic as say william shatner saying get a life to uh, uh, that classic saturday night live sketch
0: and Homer basically turns into ogre from *Revenge of the Nerds*.
1: Yeah, so this is something Howie talked about that he thought it was a good match for Homer to be a bodyguard because he's like boorish and violent. But I kind of prefer the characterization that Homer is so out of shape that he could never do this kind of violence. Like he's, uh, though. I mean, this is definitely more the Homer who gets into a giant fight with Bart's big brother in uh, yeah l- that one. That he is, has
0: uh... Uh, he has a lot of stamina, mm-hmm. but not a lot of power. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. But uh, but here, it's it's not as good as the classic one from the college episode, but I do like how Homer screams nerds in this one here.
5: Poor oh, Mark Hamill. <gasps> that swarm of nerds is going to kill him.
1: Uh,
6: uh, nerds!
5: Uh,
4: Get out of there! Uh, uh. Mr. Hamill, Mr. Mayor, come on! Who are you? Homer Simpson, Nerdbuster, and I'm getting you out of here. Uh. I can't, Homer. I twisted my ankle.
5: You guys go on without me. Never!
1: And Homer then picks him up and carries him, not unlike in the film bodyguard, uh, which I sort of is referenced a bit in this. Not as yeah, much as you think.
0: Just the shot of I someone twice. being carried by a bodyguard is just... That's the movie. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, they sing the thing twice, too. Yeah. They
1: do do that, yes. Yeah, which, uh, man, that movie, I watched a couple clips of it uh, ahead of this. What a forgettable film. And the most ridiculous (laughs) thing is that Kevin Costner, like, I just can't imagine a world where someone who looks like Whitney Houston, and who is basically Whitney Houston, would ever fall in love with a Kevin Costner guy. It just... I'm guessing. Have you seen the movie? Uh, no, just clips.
0: Maybe people out there can let us know, like how chaste is their romance? Because I feel like in then in '92 or '91, having an interracial uh, couple on the screen, there couldn't be like kisses or hugs. The, the film or... does
1: end with them kissing. I uh, you know okay. that when they when the song plays, because I wanted to see how the song is played in the film, just to compare it to this episode, and it is played over. Uh, so he takes a bullet for her and they have like a sad goodbye of like, well, I guess I'll never see you again. And then they, she's driving away and she's like, stop the car. And then she runs out to him and they kiss and there's a big camera like circling around the ah. shot and... That's when the movie ends. So they do kiss in it. They do. And she
3: leaves him to die.
1: <laughs> the Yes. I mean, then she's like, oh, it was nice kissing you once, bodyguard man. But I do have a career. I uh, got stuff to do. <laughs> <laughs> you did your I job.
3: You've got to go. Uh,
1: you know, I one change I would make is that spaceship that he comes out of should be an X-Wing. I wish it was an X-Wing. Is Instead it like of, a
0: close encounter ship?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's just your classic saucer, flying saucer yeah. ship. There, there is a some cute little freeze frame drawings in the crowd pan. I definitely feel like some uh, animators drew themselves into it for sure, and uh, I think too the Hamill. Saying like, "Oh, the thing when Hamill reveals he wasn't hurt and he just wanted to be carried by Homer," and then just goes like, "Thing about that is, yeah, runs away." That almost feels a little too stock a joke at this point for Simpsons of like, "I have no explanation, I run away."
0: Yeah, I feel like they maybe couldn't pitch anything better, mm. but I wanted a better joke.
1: Yeah, yeah, but uh, but then Homer, well, yeah, as we find out, this episode really isn't about comic conventions. It's about Homer getting a new job. Mm.
5: God,
7: Someone has to go back in for Maggie.
4: Forget Maggie. She's gone.
7: I've got
5: Maggie. (laughs) Wow, that was close. Well, thanks a lot, Homer.
4: Well, it's... Hey! I thought you twisted your ankle. Oh, yeah. Well, see, the thing about that is...
2: (laughs) Hey,
4: boss. We were just talking about you. (laughs) You call yourselves bodyguards? You're fired! Fired, huh? Who else are you gonna to find to take a bullet for you, or have his genitals hooked up to a car battery? I'll tell you who—him.
2: <laughs> woohoo, Homer! I don't think you were listening to what he just.
0: I said
1: woohoo. He
0: stands by his woohoo.
1: He's <laughs> like, I ended this act by saying woohoo. We're gonna do it. That should have been the cut. <laughs> Homer <laughs> thinks. <laughs> but yeah, that uh, that car battery joke—I think that's because. The film Three Kings had come out like a year before this, mm. and told people that that's how that's the new hot thing in torture. It's is, all you uh, need is electrodes to your balls. Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah, that was a
0: that was like a classic torture <laughs> reference. It's a home yeah. torture kit. I'll tell you what, I learned a lot about car batteries recently because we just did the what a cartoon for the series Mighty Max. And that mm-hmm. is a very popular brand of car battery. Oh, okay. It's also a very popular brand of everything. There's a lot of things called Mighty Max. That's
1: bullshit. Yeah, sure. and I didn't car batteries. That's I had no clue. I, was, I haven't owned a car in a very long time, so I think uh, of how
0: bad the uh, the Die Hard battery ruined SEO for that movie.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, the first or-
3: thing is the TV series, I and mean, then you get down, and then <laughs> you probably can get to the.
1: I I saw a similar thing happening with um, there is as the time we're recording there's a fire in the Amazon right now. But if you want to search for news on Amazon Fire, you're only going to be sent to uh, an Amazon Fire sale. Yeah, well, to buy an Amazon Fire, the newer Kindle, like that. It's just uh, thanks Google. (laughs) Yeah, it's Uh, fun. I like, you know, those bodyguards are pretty funny. I kind of wish they'd uh, they'd gotten more after this. <laughs>
3: yeah, the line we were just thinking about you. Was yeah, Very, funny. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the very uh, thoughtful uh, bodyguards who really aren't good at their jobs. <laughs> Uh touch with their emotions though.
1: Yeah, they're very sweet. I feel like they're supposed to almost be seen as a couple of just like they're they're closer than friends, these two guys. I also like I do like that Homer very easily just goes like Maggie's gone, we gotta move on. There's no yeah. <laughs> uh, It's like in
0: the New York episode like, forget Maggie.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean all he does is forget Maggie. Yeah. So uh and yeah, this is Another, this is another of the episodes where they don't even say Homer took time off from his job or anything. Yeah. And I,
0: it's nice that Mark got to play another character, but I don't know if we need this academy because it's just like a minute worth of jokes and there's no mm-hmm. other characters there with Homer
1: well, to do anything. They needed the long opening for this one, so clearly they were short on time, so they yeah. did need to spend almost two minutes at a training uh, montage.
0: So Mark Hamill plays uh, Lee Vell, I guess his name is, and his design, based on the commentary, They said it is based on the guy next to Lee Harvey Oswald when he's being shot by Jack Ruby in that photo. Uh. I I don't know who he is. He's probably like the governor of Texas or a sheriff in Texas Mm. or some sort of authority figure. I'm, I'm sure it's easy to find out, but I couldn't find it in a quick search. But he looks just like the guy that's holding the arm of lee harvey oswald as he's being shot in that famous photograph well the grassy old joke is even funnier than
6: <laughs> that is
0: true yeah yeah i just don't know why they landed on that guy because he was uh, maybe he was uh the bodyguard of <laughs> Lee harvey oswald yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh,
1: i do uh hamill really loves playing the texan drill instructor kind of guy because it does he says it was much more freeing than playing himself you know yeah i loved
3: i loved hearing him i was like is that it is. They got him to do something else. That's cool. Uh,
1: and also that the training academy is su- is a subsidy of Ray-Ban. I, I like that too. <laughs> that, uh, um, so
0: is Princess Kashmir in- a part of the group who's there? It's just some random I, woman. I didn't think it was her.
1: I did recognize Ruth Power in there. Yeah, Ruth but, Powers,
0: Gill. Yeah, um, Van
3: Houten's in there.
1: It was definitely a, it was a ha- it was an attractive lady, but I, I couldn't tell if she's out of her cashmere outfit. I don't recognize Princess Cashmere. Yeah, 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 she
3: looks so different. But I was like, it almost reminds me of her.
0: I felt like there was more to do, especially if you involve some of the other characters. Like, what would they do at this place? But it was really just Homer's jokes were mm. part of the set piece.
1: I didn't even know what Ray-Ban sunglasses were until around when this episode aired because that was uh, the Men in Black sunglasses. Yeah, Men yeah.
0: in Black put them on the map for me. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, but yes, Homer Homer learns how to be a bodyguard.
5: As a bodyguard, your only loyalty is to your protectee. Not to your family, not to your country, not to Muhammad. You've been doing Ramadan? Shut your sasshole, boy. These melons <laughs> represent your protectees. Throughout this course, you will protect your personal melon as if it was paying your salary. What? Okay, listen up. My goal is to assassinate that watermelon. Your job is to take the bullet. Go! (gasps) Go, (gasps) go, go! go. Pow! No! Well, your dive wasn't bad, but I just didn't believe you. No! You gotta sell it. Remember, your no is what gets you your next job. Now drop and give me 20.
0: No! Better. Lots of
1: quality (laughs) Ann Landers jokes in The
0: Simpsons. Mm, (laughs) It's a boring old bitty. (laughs) Uh,
1: That of all people Homer could pick, he picks Ann Landers, but then he also eats, uh, one could say he's eating out Ann Landers there. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) sorry can't trust the pig with melons (laughs) (laughs) i you know at first i thought al gore was just a silly choice but now i think it's a gag to indicate that they want to protect the guy who's about to become the president after they believe clinton will be impeached
0: yeah and there's i mean there's a joke there's a joke in a year or two where it's a shot of the white house oval office and al gore is measuring for new drapes so they're like yeah he's gonna be next obviously
1: Everybody figured it. Boy, how uh, we got that one wrong, huh? <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, also, that Homer knowing the practices of Islam was that was funny, too. And the way uh, a Texan pronounces Muhammad. That was that was funny.
3: Yeah. Mark Hamill was like just. He was having a lot of fun with that character. Just the way he pronounces things. Shut your asshole and all that.
1: <laughs> also, uh, Mark Hamill has one of the most iconic nose in film history. So he mm. knows his nose. Not whiny <laughs> enough in this character. <laughs> no! It's not true. It's not possible. Uh, and they, uh, and then after that scene We head to the berating room Which uh, I like they have an entire room for that And man Mark Hamill Talking about going for it He really goes for it here He says this was one take wow. they, they did not do it a second time
5: You ladies are without a doubt The most sorrowful clique in the dance Not one of you fit to guard A Russian rock band mm. However your checks have cleared So you all graduate Congratulations! <laughs> and now, in honor of your achievement, here is the theme song from the hit motion picture *The Bodyguard*. And uh,
7: yeah.
0: I like that he adds a Texan yodel to Mm -hmm. the song. (laughs) Uh,
1: And that he takes his hat off like I had assumed he was bald. And then you see this like crew cut underneath. It's like extra weird, too.
3: It feels like there was something missing in between those two when Mm -hmm. they just went into the room and everything was, you know, covered in watermelon and stuff.
1: Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's that's weird. It feels like there should have been... Just a
3: small joke or something. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: The joke about taking the bullet and how... Homer somehow goes into slow motion when he passes by the the sights. I did like that joke a lot. That was that was one of the few that really is executed well in animation. Like, there's another. I agree. There's another bit that I thought they actually effed up on, which was when Homer's fighting his way to Mark Hamill. I meant to say this earlier. He's punching people. And you only know it from sound effects, but he punches one of the standees of the stormtroopers. And that's supposed to be the joke that he's punching a standee. I totally missed that. It has (laughs) the crumple sound effect, but they don't animate it like it's a standee. They animate it like it's a person. So that was a a joke that kind of got lost in there. You know, it's funny to me that in in my mind, I think to our generation, that song will... is. Always identified with Whitney Houston, you know, even though it is a very personal song to Dolly Parton, written by Dolly Parton, like it's an original, and it's a song you know made for her old manager as like a farewell to him. I didn't even know that until much
0: later in life.
1: I learned it from drug history. Hmm. So uh, I mean, Dolly Parton and Whitney Houston's very—it's not a competition. They're—they're they're both great, great songs. But yeah, but one of them
0: survived.
1: <laughs> She's still, yeah, she really outlived Whitney. Uh, it's sad. It's uh, Whitney Houston's life was a sad one. It was
0: very sad. Yeah,
1: but uh, man, you couldn't in the '90s. You couldn't escape her ballads. Like they were everywhere. Mm-hmm. It it felt like the soundtrack of me walking through a movie theater. It was just some Whitney Houston ballad was playing.
0: Yeah, it just it's uh, um, it's extra sad when the last thing you do in in your life is a, just a tragic reality show that shows what a wreck you are. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Oh, man. And that the seemingly your abuser husband outlives you too. Mm, not good. Yeah, not not so fun. Fun things. But Dollywood's uh, fun. Yeah, Dollywood's <laughs> lots of fun. Uh, so then Homer has now become a, uh, a fully trained bodyguard. This is when he's got his sunglasses on, and it it is very distracting. Now I can't. Uh, my eyes are just... Focused on that strip of flesh. Uh, that
0: disgusting strip.
1: <laughs> uh, but this is some of the most violence Homer has ever. And so he has been given a, a Vulcan nerve pinch. Like, not, I don't know how real these things actually are. I don't think, I think bodyguards would really just literally choke you. They Do a wouldn't. real sleeper hold. Yeah. 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 When Marge calls it a sleeper hold, like, no, it's a nerve pinch. That's not a yeah. sleeper hold. Yes, that he does that to the children and knock them unconscious for 30 minutes. Like, that's... Uh, Homer treats it as very surgical, and Marge is just like, Homer! Not like... I mean, the real version would be she would scream and be like, I'm taking the kids right now. <laughs> They're running, not safe here. Running out the
3: door. <laughs> this is the first well, that's not as funny as an act break.
1: I think
0: this is the first time, maybe, and I'm sure someone will comment on this. I, I might be wrong. That uh, Homer on screen has inflicted violence on Lisa intentionally. Mm.
1: Intentionally? Yeah. Yeah, I think we did joke about how in When You Dish Upon a Star, Homer accidentally almost chops her up with the motorboat. Yeah. But that wasn't him with action like they talked about how they i remember an old story they told in like the early seasons was they wrote in a script a scene where homer strangles lisa and it played so horribly just in script form they're like don't draw this we're not doing it just cut 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 yeah i think you're right this is the first direct violence (laughs) homer has given to lisa and i mean uh, it's it's a bad double standard in our brains that it's like, oh, well, when he strangles Bart, I mean, you know. He's, eh. He was asking for it, that strangling. <laughs> Bart's a little rascal. He's a fun cartoon character. <laughs> I mean, yeah, so it's cartoon violence in general. Like, it's not, no actual person was hurt. But, you know, if there was a scene where Marge... Told Homer, now, Homer, you didn't take out the garbage. And he punched her in the face and knocked her out. No one would like that scene. I don't even
0: think Family Guy would do that.
1: Mm, i think they. yeah actually they would i think they have done that (laughs) yeah
0: you didn't do this punch in the face yeah we could probably find it
1: (laughs) i know he's punched meg and i think he kicked meg down the stairs at some point like so yes that has definitely happened uh and also like now that well you know about concussions and also just the danger of making an unconscious person fall down and that kind of brain damage like you don't do that like you shouldn't but that's the joke.
0: Homer that's hitting himself the in the head uh, on the way down did make me laugh. Yes, yeah. I forgot the shockiness of, like, oh, yeah, he does it the Bart. But then I was like, oh, and Mar, Oh, and Lisa, too. Like, <laughs> wow. Uh,
1: and I, I appreciate, Casey, you're uh, using the verb of million-dollar baby as well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, but as, uh, also, Homer's, like, pig is in the poke. Like, that's a really mean thing to say to Marge, too. <laughs> After Homer has showed off his uh, his stuff around the house, oh yeah, and the violence he does, he like dives on her and shoves her to the ground. Lots what? of diving, yes. <laughs> uh, but then he's having his first day with the mayor.
4: It's a real honor to be guarding your body, sir. Josh, remember, you represent the office of the mayor, so always comport yourself in a manner befitting. Quick, honk at that broad. <laughs> Good work,
2: Simpson. I couldn't be happier with the way that went. <laughs> Hey, Homer, I told you not to come around here no more till you paid your tab. Or at least cleaned up that mess you made in the bathroom. That you... Mayor Quindy? <laughs> Homer, why didn't you say you was with the mayor? Shove off, puke-holes! Get out of there! These stools are reserved for the mayor and his cronies. <laughs> Here's a couple of duffin-brows on the house, of course. Hmm, Sammy imported <laughs> Keep them coming.
4: your generosity is greatly appreciated especially during this health inspection season
2: oh yeah yeah right health inspection that reminds me (laughs) your change sir we're working on that roach situation i swear to god
1: Hmm. yeah you should see the hospital
0: who semi-imported. I also like most saying situation.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's good. Also, uh, this time they've got the missing tooth in his uh, character model. I spotted I, it a few I times. I wrote that
0: down. Like somebody either got the wrong character model or Wes Archer uh, did a power <laughs> move. He was working on King of the Hill and was like, use the toothless
1: Mo." At the very least, his mouth chart is missing the tooth. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, we th- pointed
0: out on uh, Bartels' soul that there was a big controversy on the commentary where they were like, "Why does Mo look like this?" <laughs> and Wes Archer was the one to stick up for the missing tooth moes. Like that's what the, he looks like on the model sheet. Mm-hmm. That's how we put him in this episode. So I think he personally was a big fan of that Mo.
1: I like that. I mean, make anything to make Mo uglier. I am yeah. pro that. <laughs>
3: I love the sound gag of, of Homer with all the duff brows in his in his jacket as they leave. Yeah. That, the, just after the clip cut.
1: And the drawing is such a great gag, too. Just he's covered mm-hmm. and he just put mm-hmm. all the beers in there. He could have just kept him in the case. What would have stopped <laughs> him from doing that? I think he
0: was trying to be like uh, covert about it. Like, I, guess, I didn't take yeah, all the beers. Yeah, getting away with something. <laughs> uh,
1: so semi-imported is a made-up terminology, right? Yeah, or... I guess it's
0: like if you're in America and you drink a Canadian beer, it's semi-imported. Ah, I see. It's, I mean, that's a joke, but it's, it's not really imported. We're in the same continent. I
1: yeah. mean, imported beers became all the rage then, right? The... Um, Is Heineken big around this point? Maybe, maybe. I think people were just starting
0: to drink good beer. We're not mm. in the craft beer revolution when beer actually got very good. But uh, I think the idea of, like, ooh, a Corona, ooh, festive.
1: <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you how stupid I am uh, with beer. Uh, that I didn't know that Stella Artois was owned by Budweiser. It's just
0: Budweiser, I think, owns almost every domestic beer now, Anheuser-Busch company.
1: <laughs> so Stella is like the fourth tube coming out of the tube of duff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but they, but the advertising got to me as like, oh, this is the fancier beer. I'm not a, I'm not some loser drinking Budweiser or Bud Light. I'm drinking Stella Atois. Uh, I wonder if it was Homer's idea to go to Mo's, even maybe. Like, uh, but uh, you know what is another Mo catchphrase is like that reminds me.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. He it's, says that. So it's a much. very funny stagey joke setup thing.
1: Yes, yeah. Just like it's what. Right up there, like, uh, yeah, how many times he said it, like, oh, the deer hunter that reminds me. (laughs) Well, was trying Uh, to get the plot moving along, though. Also, this (laughs) joke is just like his syringe in a Mai Tai joke with the right inspector, yeah, which that actually predated that was uh in Lisa Sachs uh, a season ago. I kind of like the roaches walking the money away, away. that's that's funnier to me. They're going back to Mo. They're like, we belong to you. <laughs> Those ain't your roaches. <laughs> uh, and uh, and also the woman they uh, whistle at, she looks like she's from season two. Like mm. she is. She has very outsized body design that I don't think you'd see in uh, in a new season 10 design then i think
0: you're right about that
1: she also just i mean she has like a two inch waist or something it's just a very like it feels more like a classy chupa waist Mm. i'd say uh and yes homer homer doesn't understand what bribes are and uh he also brings up another thing i didn't understand until i moved to california the concept of a double double Oh yeah, uh, what is, is that like? Uh, in n out? I'm it's guessing. An In-N-Out, yeah, it's in n out
3: animal
1: yeah. style. Shit. Yes, yeah. It's it's all about the um off the menu ordering at uh in n out the secret menu. That's one of their uh, their big things. Apparently, they make a good grilled cheese at In n Out. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's yeah. the only thing I could eat there, and I
0: guess French fries.
1: <laughs> uh, I'll tell you, when you moved to California, all the Californians are just like In and Out's the best. It's the best, and. I when I've had it, I, this is just getting us into Burger Wars territory here, but when I had it, I'm just like, it's good, it's good. If somebody said, "Do you want to go to McDonald's, Wendy's Burger King or in and out?" I probably would say in and out, but it's not it's nothing special. It's not that special, but then again, I'm one of the people who is wholly all in on the Popeye's chicken sandwich mania that's go that's storming the nation right now. <laughs> that's just a collection <laughs> of
0: breading between buns. I dare you to find chicken in that sandwich. I saw a picture it, of it.
1: I've had it. It's a good sandwich, Bob. It's a well. Look, the reason I like it is because it's the Chick fil A sandwich without the homophobia. Guilt. Interesting. That's what oh, I, is love it? About it. I was yes.
3: about to be like. Like I remember the Chick fil A sandwich is awesome, but like. You know, fuck Chick fil A.
1: Exactly. And that's why Popeyes, which is just like a wholly apolitical giant corporation, they <laughs> they make a they make a good chicken rip-off. Don't look into what Phew. they do. <laughs> I can eat this <laughs> so, without worrying. Uh, I'm not I'm not kidding. It is going viral now of like people saying I tried to go to Chick-fil-A and get this sandwich and it was sold out, or I opened up Uber Eats to order this sandwich and it was marked as sold out. You couldn't order it. Like that's how. That's how popular the Popeye sandwich. A chicken
0: is right sandwich now. is like the easiest thing to make. Uh, it's not a new invention. I just don't understand it. I just don't get it.
1: I like
3: Popeye's chicken, and it, it's rare that I get to it. But mm. like, I'm, I can get a chicken sandwich anywhere. Man. But if it's like Chick Fil A, now I'm interested.
1: Mm. I should man. I should be getting Quimby style bribes from Popeye's for this kind <laughs> of ad. I stuck in here. <laughs> Uh, but uh, but their biscuits are still secondary to KFC. I prefer a KFC biscuit to a Popeye's biscuit, and that's. Uh... Mm-hmm. This is a, this is our Doughboys minute. This is our, uh, it's, this is our it's
0: almost lunchtime minute.
1: <laughs> yeah, actually that's what it is. Uh,
0: when you leave Bob, I'm gonna be opening, me hungry for dinner. I'm
1: gonna be opening up my Uber Eats app as soon as you leave. Hmm. Uh, as Homer is telling everybody about his bribes and his double, 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 uh, that that's when Lisa is correcting him and she's you know going like, well, actually all these studies find. And that this one feels crueler than his other one. Yeah, like, he really is just like shut up, shut up, knocking out girl. a pedantic nerd. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, which yeah that trains run on time. Things Homer is is using a thing people said about the Gestapo, but in a positive <laughs> way. <laughs> Like, well, Hitler makes the trains run on time. Or I guess it was said first about Mussolini. Mm-hmm. I think it was not not Hitler. Yeah, I think it's Mussolini. Yeah, but that's not as uh, that's not as easy a go to reference of a fascist. That's more of like uh, that's like the Bob Dylan to Elvis Presley. <laughs> that's a, true. <laughs> Homer does not realize what uh, what bribes are in this clip.
0: And
4: after Moe's, we went to Krusty Burger and the mayor got some more change. And I ordered a double-double, but they gave me the double-double-double-double. And then Apu gave the mayor lots of change for...
5: Dad, don't you see what's going on? That change was a bribe.
4: Oh, honey, don't be so naive. That's how the world works. Sure, the mayor takes a few bribes, but he also makes the trains run on time. No, he doesn't.
5: Trains are regulated by the Federal Department of Transportation.
0: And recent studies have shown that... Uh, oh. Homer! Marge is, is a little miffed by that.
1: Homer! <laughs> uh, she's, she's just a little bothered by it. I
0: guess uh, we interviewed Dana Gould about 18 months ago, and he talked about there was a real chloroform uh, fad oh, on the yes, show where yeah. people were being chloroformed a lot.
1: And that eventually James L. Brooks had to put his foot down of like, you can't keep doing this, especially not Homer doing it to Marge. You Yeah, got, It has to stop. Uh, And then we head over to the Legitimate Businessman Social Club, which we haven't seen since Bart the Murderer. Oh, okay. I mean, we've seen Fat Tony a ton. But not the actual club. I guess we've seen the outside of it, but this is the first... Sorry, we have seen the inside of it since then. But seeing the exterior and the joke name of Legitimate Businessmen's Club, I believe we have not seen since its first appearance in mm. *Barth the Murderer* in season three. We get to hear, man, this is a star-studded episode. We got Joe Montana as well back again as Fat Tony. Thank you, Mayor Quimby, for honoring us with the school milk concession.
4: Well, the good children of Springfield need their milk, and I need my.
7: <coughs> Please accept this kickback as a token of our esteem.
4: <laughs> Thank you, Fat Tony. However, in the future, I would prefer a nondescript briefcase to the sack with a dollar sign on it. <laughs> so, why don't you get the nickname Legs? Well, that's an interesting story. <laughs> it
5: seems President Kennedy's father
4: was... Ooh, mini cannoli. It... Hey, I called that. I saw it first. Come back here. Mmm, uh, milking room. I hope you cows are decent. <gasps> oh,
1: crap on a crutch! milking rats milking
4: rats rats I'm outraged you promised me dog or (laughs)
0: did he say Mm -hmm. crap on a crutch I thought it was crust okay I
1: heard crutch yeah Mm okay
0: because the the phrase is Christ on a crutch oh that's right
1: man I never heard I've never heard Christ on a crutch before Man, Uh, So I always thought it was crust, and it was just like shit on toast or something. Mm, That's shit on a shingle. uh, Okay, man, I don't know any of these things. uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Well, now I've learned something. I always heard it as crust, Hmm. not crutch. Uh, I love a good gag about a dollar sign bag with money, a money bag with a dollar sign on it.
0: Yeah. I mean, Homer doesn't understand bribes. Go back to uh, Bart Carney. It's a ring-toss game.
1: (laughs) Uh, He's like, uh, he did, yeah. I like the gag about uh, mob connections and the Kennedys is about to just be revealed to him reflexively. And he's like, eh, never mind. I'm interested in this mini cannoli Because Joseph B. Kennedy... yeah, what does he have legs for, Joseph P. I Kennedy? mean
0: uh he legs is way too young to have really known him, but uh mm. Joseph Kennedy was involved in organized crime as like a bootlegger and things like that. So mm. yeah.
1: Maybe Legs inherited it from uh previous legs yeah. out there. Uh, that's the most we've ever heard about Legs before. Louis has a bigger part in this episode than Legs. Louis is
3: great. Uh, yeah, I do like. how his name is Legs, and then when Louis gets onto the uh, the dance hall, uh, later on, he's the one who has like you know the moves.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think that's why for a time, I even when I was starting to watch this episode, I was like. I thought of Louie as legs because he's so good at dancing.
3: Yeah, I had to go back and be like, is he
1: legs? (laughs) I like to that when a rat steals a cannoli, Homer still wants to eat it. Like, I I feel like if a cannoli, if a rat gets something, it's like, that's all yours, buddy. Like, go go to town, Mr. Rat.
3: Uh, (laughs) you, You know, Homer, he wants that.
1: I like how excited Homer is at the prospect of a milking room as well.
0: (laughs) Hope you guys are decent. I don't think we mentioned this before, but I thought it was legs. But apparently uh, some guy was suing the Simpsons because he thought uh, they stole his likeness to make Louie. Oh! In 2014, uh, the story from the Washington Post says, You probably don't remember Frankie Carbone and and Martin Scorsese's Goodfellas. He was a minor hood who looked tough and kept quiet. And that is the guy. I guess the drawing was based on. Though on the commentary for *Barth the Murderer*, they said he was based on Joe Pesci.
1: Yeah, he, I mean he looks like a taller, skinnier Joe Pesci. But uh, I, I mean the film, he does look a little. I think I know the actor you're talking about now. You said *Goodfellas*, like. But I mean, it's that guy is just like your usual uh, Goomba, as in central casting kind of thing. So. I I don't know if he's got much of a case there.
0: Yeah, it's a weird story. So in 1989, the actor said he lived next door to writers for The Simpsons in an apartment complex. What? And at the time, he was hard at work perfecting mannerisms of Frankie Carbone. So he's claiming that he lived by writers who saw him (laughs) in in, in real life. (laughs) I don't... Yeah. He, yeah, it's a weird case. Can he case. name the
3: writers? Does he ever say who they were? It
0: was an apartment complex at Sherman Oaks, California. So, mm. like, who was living next to this Goodfellas actor...
1: I mean, I would figure any (laughs) Any of of those non-union writers who were just getting started on The Simpsons in 89, all they could afford is a Sherman Oaks apartment next to a struggling actor like uh, Carbone.
0: Apparently, he just sues people who try to rip off Goodfellas stuff to like name Mm. sandwiches after his character and things like that. So Eh. I think he just files Goodfellas-based nuisance lawsuits. That's (laughs) his job.
1: So he's like a patent troll, but for Goodfellas. The the way to make a living. The I I really like the design of Louis. I was appreciating it even more. Just his like carved into his face cheekbones, like those harsh cheekbones. Hatchet
0: face is a good uh, a ah, good descriptor.
1: Yeah, that that sounds like straight out of one of those classic uh, classic books, uh, noirs. I can show Henry a
0: picture of Frankie Carbone. You can look it up at home, but mm. it kind of, but I mean, you can do a parody. Oh,
1: yeah. Boy, I'd say that is like 70%. Yeah, I think, I think yeah. on the commentary
0: they're wrong, and they were trying to draw this character, but it's parody. Yeah, they're it's parodying parody. gangsters, so yeah. like, tough luck, Charlie. That's what I say.
1: <laughs> I'm 83 years old. <laughs> uh, I do like Quimby's anger, like being told dog or higher. Yeah. Uh, And then we get another uh, Soylent Green reference in the series of Homer running through the city trying to warn people, warn them that it's rat milk, which... Uh, When I think about it, like, they make, uh, George Meyer makes a point on the commentary of just, like, what makes milk from a different animal somehow more disgusting than drinking the secretions of a cow? You know, uh, how is that grosser, per se?
0: But we're all hypocrites. There's a great Calvin and Hobbes comic that's really just, like, a 90s stand-up joke where Calvin is like, who decided to squeeze cow letters and drink what comes out Mm -hmm, of them? mm -hmm. Who was that
1: guy? Uh, but but I also think, like, from a cost perspective, I don't know, you wouldn't get much milk out of a rat, you got to get way more rats than you need of cows. I guess once a rat dies, you just toss it and get another rat, they're easier to mass produce. But I mean, do you also only get rats that had babies recently because then they are actually producing milk? It's, like, it's weird the, the logistics of it are Seems like
0: it costs too much to farm all those rats. I, <laughs> I think say... it's just the idea that it's rats, it's like, oh, you rats. I, I love uh, – my, my new thing is cashew milk.
1: Uh, I'm still uh – I'm an almond guy. Mm. Sometimes a soy. I like silk. I'm a soy boy. <laughs> I'm a
3: soy boy. I do silk. Silk lasts longer than regular milk. That's
1: the best part about yeah. it. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah.
3: That's, all, that's the only reason I ever have silk is because, like, I don't have to buy any for a while.
1: <laughs> yeah. It always bothers me every time. When I buy milk, I won't use it for, like – Two weeks and then it's usually over at that point. So I'm like, also, I kind of hate the taste of milk. Like whole milk disgusts me. So the 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 milk I normally drank when I had actual milk was skim anyway. And so why? Why am I even bothering with such watered-down milk? Like, just have the nut milk that's out there.
0: <laughs> Our parents were all poisoned by the dairy industry because when I was growing up, there was always mm. a gallon of whole milk in the fridge and a stick of butter on the table for every meal. Like, you must <laughs> eat dairy products. There's nothing more important than dairy products.
1: Well, just li- like beef.
0: Beef is so good for you. Eat more beef.
1: You're living in the Midwest. That's paying for all the schools, man. You got to you gotta respect uh, the, the dairy and beef and... Uh, Corn subsidies as well. You got to respect all those things.
3: Yeah, that's what we salute to every
1: day. (laughs) See, in Florida, you saluted like an orange tree, (laughs) (laughs) and in Atlanta, everything was peaches. It was Peach Town. We're so far off topic, but I
0: was was thinking of (laughs) uh, the great uh, YouTube channel Pop Arena. Yes. His video on Mr. Wizard made me realize, like, the idea of cereal for breakfast is just corporate propaganda. Like, Mm. someone had to invent the idea, like, you must eat cereal for every breakfast meal. You have to buy cereal now. And it was just propaganda put onto early TV shows.
3: Yeah, cereal's good for, like, just a late night snack. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Now, I mean, if you want a bunch of carbs, it can't do worse than cereal. Like I'd, uh, I'm back on my diet, and part of that was cutting out cereal, because it's just like, when I finally started reading what the calorie count is and actually measuring what that is, I'm like, oh, I never have a <laughs> cup and a half of Rice Krispies or Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Yeah, a
0: bowl of cereal is
3: like three servings. <laughs> oh, God. I'm going to... Look at my cereal and be like, oh no.
1: I don't mean to ruin <laughs> it for you. The yeah. Toast Crunch is the best cereal. That's my favorite cereal. Well, I
3: don't go for like the big, big sugary stuff. I got like mm. a honey bunch of oats and stuff. Mm.
1: That's good. I mean, I think Cinnamon Toast Crunch is the only child cereal I still eat. I will say that. I, Apple Jacks, Fruit Loops, those are, those are out of rotation. I just days. joylessly
0: eat a protein bar in the morning.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, now I'm more on the Greek yogurt kick, which is also heavily advertised to me as the thing as a healthy thing to eat. But uh, I, it's an easy one serving, and I know it's 120 calories. And uh, it also is full of sugar, but it's uh, pretend sugar that's better for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway
0: where are we that was milk chat
1: (laughs) homer busts into the school stops bart from drinking the milk i love his crazy straw though i hope when bart says he traded his math book for it that he got the straw in that trade because one tiny thing of milk for a math book is pretty bad that's a bad (laughs) trade uh, I love
3: the, the shot of all the kids simultaneously drinking
1: the milk. No child that, drinks that much milk at a school. <laughs> that's level. more gross than the fact that it's rat milk for some reason. <laughs> and I love the Fat Tony puts his face on it like it's his brand yeah. of milk. Squeaky Farms. <laughs> oh. Uh, <laughs> is that funny. a Squeaky From joke? I think it is. Wow, I just thought I, of that. I didn't realize that now until it's you said squeaky, huh? Squeaky Frome, now the, the big star of the recent film Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Not uh, really like the big star, but she has a lot. She has a number of scenes. Uh, ooh, boy, does she have a wait, big scene in that movie. Former
0: would-be assassin of President Carter or Ford? Who
1: did she try to kill? Oh, wait, that was Ford. That's not, yeah. she's not Manson family. So, or yeah. wait, Hmm. Yeah.
3: She had No, this is a lady who's like Mansa family. Yeah. Okay. That is
0: all right. Yeah. Her so, old. No. Uh, so, uh, Squeaky Fromm was in the Mansa family and also
1: tried to assassinate Gerald Ford. She did it all. Yeah. Man, that's squeaky. she's a triple threat. <laughs> oh yeah. What <laughs> boy was she? Uh, man. Uh, yeah. She's uh, she's in. Once upon a time in Hollywood. Her character is or the person is? The character. Okay. The character. I not was confused, like she's
0: player, out of jail okay. now, but why is a seventy year old former <laughs> Manson girl in a Quentin Tarantino movie? That'd be kinda cool. <laughs> she needed to do something. She you some know, work. she
1: she could actually be in the movie too, but I believe she is played by Dakota Fanning in the
0: movie. Yeah. Uh,
1: Finally, a copy of Squeaky From to Call My Own. <laughs> uh, and again, they sell out Lisa by making her have drunk, drank the rat milk and Homer going like, you get away from She's me. She's never
0: wanted to kiss Homer more in her life.
1: <laughs> yeah. She should be pretty pissed off that he knocked her unconscious twice, too. But And I do like that Homer just like tells Milhouse to go nuts drinking rat milk. That was that was pretty funny. Uh, I like, like that Milhouse
3: had to, had to ask
1: him. Like, can I do it? Yeah, yeah I'm in this scene. <laughs> you know... Uh, I don't think it's the intention, but it could also be he's like, I want to drink the milk Lisa drank. Oh, indirect kiss. He's been watching anime, I see. <laughs> Homer heads over to let the mayor get a piece of his mind, and uh, we learn about the dangers of uh, having a treadmill in front of an open window.
5: Hey, my milk! I traded my math book for that. Dad, what a nice surprise.
6: Me! Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, oh, get that away from me. Kids, I don't want you drinking any more milk. Ever.
2: Can I still drink it? Go nuts. All oh, right!
4: <laughs> yeah. You monster! How could you do that to the children? Those wacky gangsters, what are you gonna do? <laughs> and to think I respected you and defended you? You wouldn't eat me alive if it wasn't for me! Okay, we'll call it even.
0: So, the previous episode is kidney trouble, right? Yes. There's a lot of poorly placed windows back to back (laughs) on the show.
1: It was window joke time in the writers' room at yeah. this time. I just can't believe Quimby would ever be exercising like that. Yeah. <laughs> you would think he'd just be hung over from the night before. But yeah, Homer, Homer shooting him out the window is a very cartoony moment, that's for sure. Uh, but it's it's also one of those fake outs of like oh is he dead uh, you tune in make sure you watch into the commercials to then find out if he died i really yeah hate... that's,
3: that seems like a lame plot point <laughs>
1: yeah i really
0: hate to be a joke doctor but god <laughs> when he's hitting the the treadmill it's so obvious what they're leading to that there's even like an insert shot of his fist coming down next to like the speed up button i wish he would have just hit it once and he would have done it, it would have been like oh a surprise but yeah. it's just like we know it, i think it was like way too telegraphed and i don't know why
1: yeah, they uh, they're losing a little faith in their jokes. They had that in just the last episode too, where Homer is squeezing Bart's kidney, and we all know what's happening. But then they're like, "Yes, tickling." It's just like, no, no, no. We we get it. We yeah, we really get it. Guys. And even Mike
0: Scully cops too. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't give the audience enough credit.
1: Yeah, I you know it's it's hard to make jokes uh, all the time. Yeah. I, I get it. I but uh, yes, uh, this if this show is anything, it's Monday morning quarterbacking all of the jokes from twenty years ago. <laughs> Uh, Well, and also speaking of jokes, nothing, uh, a lot of stuff dates it when they come back from the commercials. We get a weekend at Bernie's reference. We get uh, a joke about harassing interns. Uh, It's all there to really put it in the 90s. Like, uh, I think. Far more jokes about Weekend at Bernie's have been made than people who have watched Weekend at Bernie's. It's true. <laughs> Stay tuned for Weekend at Bernies, which is not a Weekend at Bernie's parody. <laughs> oh, but, <laughs> uh, but yes, the there's also some real some of the um, biggest animation flubs I think happen with. Uh, that the magical window like the window is just floating in space from where homer is and where quimby is and then where the window appears to the intern's bathroom it's just it's like it makes no sense in space uh but uh, but homer gets uh quimby to agree to stop with the rat milk and after uh quimby harasses a woman in the bathroom he then busts the goombas
2: breathe goombas We're shutting you down, you filthy Italians. Ah, right, right. Filthy Italian Americans.
7: Gentlemen, if you would simply consult my dear friend, Mayor Quimby, I am confident this can be...
4: Not this time, Fat Tony. The mayor's office is not for sale. (laughs) Can you uh, edit out the laughs?
7: I am not so much disappointed as I am blinded with rage.
4: (laughs) Ooh, the mafia guy's all mad. Oh, what are you going to do? Call your godfather? Uh, Oh, godfather.
1: (laughs) The disdainful look Homer gives him after he says that is such a funny drawing.
3: Yeah, he just ends. He's just like sick of you
0: <laughs>
1: homer doesn't realize why you should be afraid of the mafia at all homer uh, also doesn't
0: understand the mobs like the mob did something for me only to expect something in return yes. oh fat tony
1: <laughs> we you. have a callback to oh fat tony at the end oh, of that's episode. true yeah <laughs>
0: yeah homer's disappointment in uh, a horrible mob character
1: <laughs> and then it always works on tony tony yeah. does feel shame if homer makes them
0: i will go <laughs>
1: <laughs> now these jokes about political correctness with Italian-Americans, like, it's it's a little corny. It definitely feels like, you know, it's written by writers who are sensitive to being told they can't do jokes about Italians. But this some a similar thing to this actually did happen on news radio, where mm. they did, in the first season, they wanted to do a bit where the secretary bought a hat from a mafia guy who forced her to get it. And they had written him as, you know, a classic Italian mobster. And the network forced them to change it to a non- italian mobster guy and make Hmm. his name green instead and so there there was pressure up top of like hey don't do a stereotypical italian mobster on some shows so this isn't completely out of left field and it's not just the usual like oh you can't even call italians italians anymore you have to say italian american uh but the gag too on the break-in where he's like can you cut that laugh and they're like just shakes the head nope can't do it <laughs> back
0: to the italian thing we're also in the era where fredo is a slur oh that yes we that just passed is, that <laughs> it'll be forgotten forever but i had because everything it.
1: happens too much but yeah no i don't man i didn't want to get too much in that because the guy making fun of cuomo chris cuomo with the uh, calling fredo was some right-wing douche. yeah
0: terrible person
1: yeah so fuck that guy yeah. but also like I defend the use of Fredo as what you call a loser son. Like that's, it's what you call a rich fail son is Fredo. It is not, I don't think of it as an Italian slur and certainly not the N word of Italians. Uh-huh. as Chris Cuomo called it. Yeah. I mean,
0: he's not even going to say the N word.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Al Jean, uh, his era was really making fun of the Irish. I think they are really about making fun of Italians. Cause we have, here comes a grace ball oh, yes. and uh, filthy Italians <laughs> Uh, in a few seasons, or maybe next season, Homer mishears something. And he goes, "Intelligent Italians,
1: eh?" Oh, like. Yes, yeah, uh, yeah. They were they were going a little harder on the Italian stuff. There. <laughs> well,
0: they deserve it. Well,
1: also there's Luigi, the the walking pizza box drawing. Yeah. <laughs> But hey, Joe Montagna says it's all in good fun. He's not the... Uh, I do like that Wiggum even just calls him Goombas. Like, that. that is closer to the N-word of Italians than Fredo, I would say. Yeah. And yet they're the adorable little enemies in Mario. Yeah, that's why it'll never <laughs> go away, that phrase. I When I heard it in, like, some mob picture, I was like, wait, I thought those were Mario's enemies. I thought, thought that was a Japanese yeah. thing, Goomba. No, the mob
0: boss is a Koopa,
1: right? Mm, yes. Or is a Capo? Yeah. <laughs> Capo, Koopa. Well, as you said, you, you broke the case, though, that he's really Bowser because of Shauna. Nah? Yeah, that's my theory. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so they bust up the rat milk. Wiggum, uh, like he's testing cocaine, rubs the rat's nipples on his teeth and <laughs> it's realizes pure. it's pure. That's maybe the grossest joke in the episode. <laughs> uh, and then as all the rat milk gets poured into the street, Fat Tony has some words for uh, old Kent Brockman.
5: And so, as the rat's milk is returned to the sewers, the circle of life is complete. Uh, Fat Tony, do you have any comment?
7: I don't get it. Everyone loves rats, but they don't want to drink the rat's milk. (laughs) (laughs) Any words for the mayor? Hello, Mayor Quimby. I would like to remind you that accidents will happen. Like the killing of you by us.
5: Aren't you scared, Dad? I mean, if I were Fat Tony, and God willing, someday I will be, I'd just be stewing in my jail cell getting madder and
4: madder. Oh, don't worry about that, boy. He's already out on bail. (laughs) Well, I'm off to work.
2: You're guarding the mayor tonight?
4: After Fat Tony swore revenge? It's my duty, Marge. Besides, those mobsters don't scare me. Bart, would you go start Daddy's car? Homer! What? There's nothing to worry about. Well, then you start it. All right, fine. I'll take a cab. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so he tried to kill Bart there, yeah,
0: too. He... <laughs> it's an easy way to get rid of Bart and solve, solve his problems. I <laughs> love Return
3: to the Sewers. Oh, as yes. The rat is returned to <laughs> the Sewers. Circle sewer. of life.
1: <laughs> uh, that's a great... I also like when uh, just Kent's little reaction to Tony's, but they don't want their milk. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. People love rats. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. Uh, sure. and, Something to think about. And then also, that uh, in all ways, Tony does not understand what being the mob is because he just directly says uh, to a camera, I will murder the mayor. <laughs> he just says. <laughs>
3: He, he always plays dumb because he has to, but then like when he's mad, he'll just like completely drop it and no <laughs> one catches on.
1: Uh, yeah, also his line before that where it's the inverse of the I'm not mad, I'm disappointed. Instead, it's like, I'm not disappointed, I'm blinded with, with rage. rage. <laughs> uh, yes, and Homer, I love that Homer's comforting and Bart is like, oh, you don't need to worry about that. He's already out on bail. <laughs> <laughs> uh, though Bart clearly doesn't remember that he did become fat tony and was on trial for murder right right <laughs> as as part the murderer he did become them but Yes, and this is where we really enter the uncanny valley of Homer's eyes, because he, uh, as he's going to work, he puts on his glasses, and just the strip of flesh just zips onto him,
0: and his eyeballs are pushed into his skull.
1: <laughs> uh, I'm never
0: gonna not think about like that imagery.
1: <laughs> uh, so Homer goes to pick up Quimby. Quimby is very sad that he's uh, gonna have to stay in with the uh, the wife. Yeah which not used uh, to that that does feel also like a clinton joke there too but i mean just about philandering politicians in general not about, i mean especially Bill. kennedy
0: i mean that's what oh, the joke yes. was yeah, they're making true. jokes about him cheating on his wife way before um, mm. clinton
1: yeah though i mean cheating on wives uh that's that is a bipartisan issue of presidents they mm-hmm. they all love to do it except uh, <laughs> i guess not w and obama they're the the ones in recent memory who did that not that we
0: know of
1: h w definitely did oh yeah, yeah. And Reagan, I guess? I would assume. Anyway, I'm not trying to uh, spread uh, mud about, fling mud at Ronald Reagan here. We all respect him. I miss him. I wish he was here and uh, he was our president now. Darn it. These are jokes. Anyway, uh, yeah, so Homer takes Mayor Quimby to uh, a place where he won't think about the mafia at all.
4: Homer, I'm not uh, sure it's wise to go out right now. I was thinking of a quiet evening at home with the... uh... Wife. (laughs) Oh, I get it. You're worried about those mobsters, aren't you? No, no. I truly do want to stay home with the... Wife. you got to snap out of this funk, Mayor. I'm going to take you someplace where you can relax and forget all about gangsters. Uh, Excuse me. Yes? (laughs) Do you have a table for the Mayor? Yes! Why do you talk that way?
1: I had a stroke! <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's so great.
1: Uh, you want uh, all yes that line, Yeah, that's line the, the best episode? line of the show. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, let me play the jingle.
5: That's the joke.
0: So yeah, that is an imitation of Frank Nelson, mm-hmm. a comedian who made that character type popular on the Jack Benny program. And in fact, I was thinking, we had to mention him before. I remember looking up clips of him and playing them on the show. We did. Back in Bart Sells Soul because uh, Millhouse goes yes, that's right, that's right. So they did a joke based on that kind of performance before, and Frank Nelson would go on to play that character in like mm-hmm. I Love Lucy. It was just like a, a stock, like, snarky from, yeah. salesman type.
1: Yeah, or he was, and on the Lucy show too. That's where I saw him as uh, though he's not Mr. Moody. They're different characters. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but yeah.
0: I, I love this guy. He would come back. It's funny that they just give his origin story. You feel like that—that that would be the third or That's fourth the joke, joke with him. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: the stroke joke that finishes off the character. You would think, but uh, they got yes, guy fever. That's his uh, title according to the wiki page. Though so also, it's uh, Frank Nelson voice they call him. But he's yeah. They on the Simpsons wiki. They credit with him to now appearing in about nineteen episodes plus in the movie. Like he's with like speaking lines in a lot of them. He's a, he's in a crazy amount of episodes for a guy whose joke is just saying yeah.
0: It's a funny voice and yet another Dan Castellaneta impression in this episode. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> but God, the way he just says "I had a stroke." <laughs> That's uh, a sad also, but so funny. <laughs> Mm, but uh, has, has anybody here attended dinner theater in their lives? No. No. Oh, man. Boy, just just me here. Jinx. You guys are so uncultured. Uh, yes. I, I've been to dinner theater once. It was an Oklahoma production. Mm. Hooray. Yes. Uh, it was It was a nice time. Uh, I, I'm
0: more of a state fair kind of guy uh, than Oklahoma.
1: <laughs> uh, but the peach cobbler is the only food I remember there. I was like, man, uh, that's good cobbler. Mm-mm, but all
0: the sound of clanking silver would, would be very distracting during yeah. a performance. Well, that's
1: the lowness of dinner theater is yeah. that it's people, you no, that that's why it's a joke that you're not seeing. Uh, the it's, King of the Hill had the joke that Jason Alexander did dinner theater. Yeah, that's how low it is. Uh, because yes, it's you don't want people to be eating while you're performing. Like that's that's not very fancy, is it? So when you just hear like or <laughs> someone asking for water from the waiter or whatever, it does take you out of it. But Oklahoma was a nice time at the uh, Jacksonville dinner theater we went to.
3: Well, I've had dinner at a theater before, one of those fancy movie theaters. Does that Mm. count?
1: Uh, I mean, Oh, Alamo
0: Draft House, yeah. Something
3: like that.
1: That's the dinner theater of today, yes. But Mm. uh, those, I mean, those are just distracting. I've gotten used to it now, but the thing I like least about it is that when the check comes, you know the movie has 20 minutes left, and it kind of takes me out of it. Like, that's... And also, it's just like... What if we gave you gourmet popcorn that's somehow even more expensive than just Mm, regular popcorn? I'm getting hungry for that popcorn. (laughs) Well, again, this is a lunchtime recording. It is, yeah. (laughs) I'd drink a
0: glass of rat milk if it was in front of me. Now, this Guys and Dolls stuff is very funny. Uh, Love it. I wish they wouldn't have pointed out that a character knows the lyrics are wrong and the song Mm. is incorrect. I wish they would have just went with it. Yes, this is Guys and Dolls. (laughs) This is what all the songs sound like. It's a very funny joke, but I'm, I'm kind of sad they give it away.
1: That yeah. someone is aware
0: that this is not the performance.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, that does sound like less trust on the joke. but
3: uh, I feel like it's more of a, a, a say on Mark Hamill having to do this still. And he's just like, none of this is right. And they're just like, shut <laughs> yeah. up and do it, yeah, that Luke. He's,
1: <laughs> that he's playing Nathan Detroit at a place that won't even pay for the Guys and Dolls songs in their performance of Guys and Dolls. Which uh, yes, it reminds me
3: so much of also of the uh, streetcar named Marge joke. where at the very end, it's just like, uh, what's the last song? You Uh-oh. can
0: always depend, depend on the yeah. kindness yeah. of strangers. Just some,
3: just some horseshit that's not even like a good song. <laughs> yes, yeah, that <laughs> can,
0: that contradicts the entire point of the play. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: exactly.
1: One well, in a similar situation, legally, they could only do like f- three lines from the play or something before it, they'd be uh, going on copyright law, and that's the same deal here. So they they don't sing any. The two songs they sing. One is them just saying "guys and dolls" over the tune of "Hooray for Hollywood," <laughs> uh, which first premiered in the in the film Hollywood Hotel from 1937. But uh, the only I only knew that from Wiki. it. the only reason people know that song is they just play it in the Oscars and other award shows, and in lots time. of Looney Tunes
0: cartoons. Oh
1: yes, yeah. Like yeah. it was
0: a Warner Brother standard. So this next joke. So I was recently talking to somebody about being a Simpsons podcaster. And I say now that when I watch an episode and I don't get a joke, it is my job to now get the joke because mm. I am now a joke detective. So <laughs> I had to look up this Othello with Peter Marshall thing that Flanders <laughs> is praying for. I think it is a blackface joke. I, I think, think so they're too. implying that former Hollywood Squares host <laughs> Peter Marshall played Othello in blackface, and uh, Flanders did not like that performance.
1: I think you are correct with yeah. that. Yeah, I had to. I had to Google who Peter Marshall was, but. Yeah, that uh, that's what I think so, too. And he's still uh, alive. You know what? We are on uh. such thin ice right now. <laughs> he's
0: 93, yeah. I got to
1: play the anti-death <laughs> jingle just to be safe. So Do it. Uh, One second.
4: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I ain't dead yet.
1: Yeah, we're, live so, forever, I'm so Peter blessed
4: Marshall.
3: I get the death yeah. and the anti-death jingle. <laughs> oh, my
0: God. It's happening in one episode. Yeah, and I want to point out we're living in the aftermath of hearing about Peter Fonda's death. And uh, apparently our curse has hit once again. Mm. If this curse is true... I would up your Patreon pledge because mm-hmm. we have powers. <laughs> you don't want to make us angry. Uh, if you're at five, consider fifteen.
1: This is uh, this is our version of Tony's bribery. Yeah. <laughs> By the '90s, I don't think people did it anymore. At least in like uh, American productions of Othello. But like, you know, there's a film where um, Lawrence Olivier plays Othello. Like it was just normal to do that role in blackface instead of hiring a black actor. And, I mean, part of it is that, like, I think they, back then, maybe there weren't a lot of... Um Famous actors who they would cast in the lead role in a film. And I'm version sure of Othello. Segregation kept
0: black actors out
1: of certain 100%. circles too. Oh, and especially like in, in something theater. as snooty as Shakespeare troops. Like, yeah. I feel like the doors were probably closed to a lot of African American actors there. So Ooh. I think even uh freaking Orson Welles. I was going to say Othello. that. Yes. Uh,
0: no, he organized one of the first That's all right, black performances. To- oh my god! You just interrupted me, Henry. Sorry. I was trying to say it. I'm sorry about he that. He just did, he just organized. He he just did it. He's been dead for 25 years now <laughs> and uh before he became a movie person he was a theater person and then a radio person and he organized one of the first all-black performances of othello that kind of put him on the map yes yeah, before sorry. a war of the worlds
1: i know you're excited <laughs> no i didn't mean to interrupt you bob i was just i felt bad that yeah. i had just demeaned orson wells by saying he did like, the opposite he, of he, what did, he did, did a much worse thing yeah i feel bad so that's why it's <laughs> sorry okay. uh but yeah the now, fortunately, like in the 90s, that uh, that pretty – it seems to have stopped even then. Like the the Othello film that uh, Kenneth Branagh made, he played Iago, which is a media role anyway. Mm. Uh, and meanwhile, Othello was played by Lawrence Fishburne, which uh, – and that's a really good movie, that Othello – uh if you're gonna w- if you're gonna watch a version of Othello, that's a good one. Though I mean if you're a real Shakespeare nut, it isn't it's abridged. It's not unabridged. Like the only I mean unabridged Shakespeare f- films are three and a half hours long, like Branagh's mm-hmm. Hamlet, which is unabridged. Uh but anyway, uh Homer is scanning the place right after uh that Peter Marshall joke, and that's when uh he calls Lovejoy what's his name, which I like. And, <laughs> and also Byrne should have a better table there too.
0: Yeah, it's weird.
1: He's too far back. Uh, and then uh, Fat Tony instructs Homer to give uh, to give something to Mayor Quimby.
5: Dear Lord, please make tonight's production better than Othello with Peter Marshall.
4: Okay, Mr. Burns, Fat Tony, what's his name? Fat Tony. <gasps> ah! All right, Fat
7: Tony. If it's trouble with Quimby you're after, please. I am only here as a devotee of the lively arts, but I do have something for the mayor that perhaps you could deliver.
4: Mayor, Fat Tony asked me to give you this. Mm-hmm. <coughs> you moron! That's the kiss of death! Oh no! Wait, maybe I didn't do it right. <coughs> Never mind that, just go patrol the perimeter. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, Grotten Potatoes. That's a
0: quality side. <laughs>
1: That's a great line. Every time I see ognotten potatoes on a menu or at a at a you know buffet or something, I say that line to myself. I just can't. Uh, though it's it feels kind of rare to see ognotten potatoes on things. I I never had them as a kid. My mom didn't make them. I don't know. Were you? Did you guys get served that as a child? It's like a
3: Thanksgiving thing.
0: Mm. Yeah, I guess. Are they? Is that different than scalloped potatoes? They seem so similar to me. I don't
1: know. I believe Al Groton is more with like creamy stuff on top, like mm. it's uh, I, I. But they're more like cut up into slices, yeah. not like uh, shredded yeah. down, yeah. Mm. Uh, I mean, they seem nice. My but my mom was more of a uh, instant mashed potatoes kind, but she was a busy lady. She she didn't have time to to fully groton a potato, <laughs> uh, and so. But yeah, every time I see it, I think that's a quality side. I think
3: they are the same, uh, scalloped and au
0: gratin. Okay, okay. yeah, my grandma would make scalloped potatoes. They were fine, I just Mm. don't... I have potatoes once a year on Thanksgiving and I make uh, my own black garlic mashed potatoes. So good. I look forward to being wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, the scallop the scallop people. There were some Nazis online. <laughs> uh, can't, can't
1: wait. Uh, so then it hits Homer that he might have poisoned the food so Homer does the no, take a bullet for you but instead takes a bite of potato to protect Quimby. And then a lot of the steak. Yeah, very I, love,
0: good role. I love
1: how he looks at Quimby in his eye as he's eating the Take uh-huh. you. And also, Homer is very lucky that in that jump, he didn't stab himself in the mouth with that fork. Like,
3: yeah, it just jumped into his mouth very easily.
1: <laughs> but that's why he's a professional. That's how good Homer is. But uh, yes, here we then get the opening song to "Guys and Dolls," which. As we all know, the real opening song to Guys and Dolls is "Fugue for Tin Horn." Sure. Uh, well, but y- you guys do know this song. It's like, "I got the horse right here. His name is Paul Revere. Hmm. Can do, can do. This guy." You never. I don't heard? think I've heard it. You I- never
0: heard that. I one? was looking at all the songs from Guys and Dolls. I don't think I've really heard any of them or remember them.
1: Oh, uh, come on! You must have heard "Luck Be a Lady."
0: "Luck Be a Lady." Yeah, okay, yeah. That okay, is from yeah. Guys and Dolls. Yes. Okay. So yeah. they actually did do a *Guys and Dolls* song, but a parody of it. Yes, okay. they I did didn't know. Do that. Okay, yeah, I do know that one.
1: That's uh, the the musical. I've never seen a performance of the musical. I've only seen the movie. Mm. So uh, starring uh, Sinatra and uh, Brando, which Brando, of course, doesn't do his own singing because he's not a singer. But uh, so if you want to watch uh, Marlon Brando dubbed over and singing, watch that one. Mm-hmm. Here is their version of the opening song to *Guys and Dolls*. <laughs>
7: Guys and This
5: is a conceptual nightmare. I mean, Nathan Detroit would never wear this. And this song isn't even in the show.
2: I don't have time for this. I got 75 shortcakes to strawberry. Now get out there, Luke.
5: <laughs> guys and dolls, <laughs> we're just a bunch of crazy
7: guys and dolls. Yeah, 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 yeah. I want the mayor dead. I want his wife dead. I want his cat and his dog dead.
2: Wait, 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 wait. wait. Who's before the cat?
7: <sighs> Just kill the mayor.
2: You're not mad at me, are you?
0: <laughs> so that was a reference <laughs> to
1: um, The Untouchables. Like, yeah. I want his wife dead. I want his family dead. It's a lot of reference density there that you have Luke Skywalker in a not Guys and Dolls performance singing a not Guys and Dolls song, and then you have an Untouchables reference on top of that. And that's
0: the, I guess, recent Untouchables. By that, I mean, 89 or
1: 90-ish? I think it's like 87. Okay. Yeah, 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 90. I think you're right. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
3: Uh, love the laziness of yeah, 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 guys and dolls. I do want to hear
0: there are more lyrics uh, after or just a bunch of crazy guys and dolls that aren't yeah, yeah, yeah. And I kinda wanna know what they are, but dialogue covers up so much of it I can't make it out.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's hard to it's hard to hear. Maybe they maybe on the one of the Simpsons soundtracks they released, the mm-hmm. untouched one. I'm gonna I'm gonna look that up. I don't if, think it was on Testify.
0: That would uh, have been the one they would put it on.
1: I also like Louie's very um sheepish, like You're not yeah, mad at me. Yeah. yeah. That's how it feels with like a boss. You're like, are you mad at me? Like, but if if you're asking your boss that, you've already lost. You know,
3: <laughs> who does the voice of Louie
1: uh, That's uh, Dan. Yeah, yeah.
3: Dan. Okay, the way he says that just reminds me of some other voice he's done before.
0: <laughs> it sounds like he's doing an impersonation of uh, Lenny.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. exactly what it Which was.
0: Which is Harry Shearer.
1: I uh, I also like on some not on this commentary, but on other ones when. Dan is doing it and Louie's on there. He jokes that he's like disrespecting his Italian heritage by playing Louie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, there's. So uh, then Mark Hamill sings another song. It is pretty cool that they have Mark Hamill on and they make him. He's in act one, act two and act three. And they have him sing two songs like this is uh, he's really earning his pay this time. He, yeah. he didn't give them like 20 minutes or whatever, like some guest stars gave him. Uh, but yes, here's here's uh, Luke Be a Jedi Tonight
5: Luke be a Jedi Tonight Just be a Jedi tonight Do it for Yoda, Yoda While puppets we serve puppets our guests puppets a soda <laughs> uh, And do it for Chewie and the Ewoks <laughs> And all the other puppets
6: Luke be a Jedi Tonight
2: Hey, you're in this Number Get out there and shake that money
1: making. But I'm just here to kill God. I'm just here to kill <laughs> uh.
4: That guy with a knife sure can dance, huh? <laughs> he looks so awfully familiar. I think I saw him in rent or dump or clump or some piece of crap.
0: Uh, that has the stink of a writer who was forced to attend a show. By his wife, <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. I
1: think you're right. <laughs> or some uh, piece of crap. They're probably thinking like I had. To, I spent all of my money on this stupid play just to see guys stomping on garbage cans or whatever.
0: It reminds me of a very funny line from a future episode where uh, Smithers in the Malibu Stacy musical. And we cut to the audience, and the guy was like, this is better than a movie, how? Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> uh, it's better because they're all doing it live in front of you. It's harder. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but I will say, for as bad as the animation is in this episode, his tap dancing is very well done and very funny with how, like, manic it is.
1: Yeah, yeah. He's He, he just dives right in, and he's like, I got to do it. Dad. He's just so electric. And, in and it's, how quickly yeah. he gives away his plot, like, I'm just here to kill. <laughs> <Yeah>. Like, uh, <laughs> what if you're an assassin, don't tell somebody that you're here to kill the mayor. That's probably going to hurt your ability to assassinate that person. Uh, but you also, I got a uh wag of the finger to Simpson's World, which I watched this on. They have their like you know trivia sidebar thing on there that uh is you know official trivia and has some stuff, but I mean it's all things you know if you're if you're a guy like me. Uh but I'm a guy like me. <laughs> They say that the guy who tells him, I've got strawberries to shortcake or whatever... They credit that to Mark Hamill. It's like, no,
0: that's, that's Hank. Hank Azaria. In it's, fact, that voice is he's so eerily close to Moe's, it's distracting. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's the, a tor- fandom
3: wiki that also says Mark Hamill plays fandom. Oh, <laughs> no sorry to bring up fandom. They're <laughs> asleep the Switch
0: again. Well, I mean, that's what you get with free labor. So.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a, they, yeah. They also
3: say that he is the dinner theater director. And I'm like, that guy? No, that's obviously not him.
1: Yeah, that's Hank Azaria. That's the same voice he gives for the torso shoot guy. Like, it's mm-hmm. just,
0: yeah. it's his gruff labor. guy.
1: <laughs> same with like i saw people say carl carl weider got is credited in this one but and i was like well who did it imdb says he is one of the bodyguards but no way that other bot it's dan and harry those are clearly dan and harry so i i don't know who carl weider got is in this but uh I know
3: someone did get Fired for that mess
1: up. <laughs> fired from their free labor at on a on a wiki. <laughs>
0: Nothing makes me angrier than when a wiki has false information because mm-hmm. that is the irresponsible.
1: It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's all people have now. It's a, it is the reference of today. We, uh, but I think uh, I really like Mark Hamill's ba- uh, acting there. It's good acting as he is forgetting his lines. Like you, it does feel like he really did like. Uh, and, and all the, all the, the other, other puppets. puppets.
3: Yeah, <laughs> that's a good line.
1: Uh, though, I mean, as far as jokes go, rhyming Yoda with soda, that's uh, that was pretty that's overdone weird by idea. Yeah, yeah.
0: We're bubbled all the time just like a carbonated soda
1: <laughs> by ODA Yoda. <laughs> uh, I do, though, like that Guys and Dolls of All Things, it actually does work for a plot point because that's how Louis is able to get so close to the mayor because he does... In, in his classic design, he looks like a 1930s gangster and yeah. not a modern day one. Yeah. If, if he was being a modern uh, 90s gangster, he would be wearing a tracksuit like all the guys in Sopranos That's true. A nice chain. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so Louis is uh, stopped by Luke or he stopped by Mark. And he's reminded, like, hey, that's my head next to the pepper steak, and don't you forget it. And then (laughs) Louis correctly tells him he didn't even finish Jedi school, which he didn't. Oh, wow. He's a fan. (laughs) At the end of Empire Strikes Back, Yoda tells him, you have to complete your training, uh, so don't go off and save your friends, and then he leaves, so that was him quitting Jedi school. Now, some nerds out there might say, well, clearly in the year between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, he went back there and completed his training. Ah, but Yoda said he still hadn't completed it until he faced his father, Darth Vader, and I don't think he ever officially did complete his Jedi training, at least in the Jedi school manner.
0: That's for the extended universe to worry about. (laughs)
1: Uh, but uh, I just wanted to see how long people would listen to me talk about <laughs> Star Wars information. I appreciate you I guys. I almost left.
3: <laughs> I mean, you're the host. I have to be nice to you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That's our policy
3: for guests. You have to be nice uh, to us. <laughs> uh,
1: but uh, man, uh, a rant joke on The Simpsons, that's another one that really... uh Rent is new-ish time. Oh, this real time, new Oh, it's real new in 98, yeah. I think it had won the Tony by this point, but it, uh, you know, uh, soon... In two seasons, I Homer will it. have Where his classes. <laughs> I must pay the rent. Homer then realizes it's Louise, and he needs to stop that knife.
5: Hey, pal, that's my headshot up there next to the pepper steak, and don't you forget it.
2: You're all talk, Hamill. You never even finished Jedi school. Show's over, man. Give give me that knife! Oh, it's mine!
5: (laughs) Homer, use the fork. The forks? The forks. Use the forks.
1: I think that joke is a little
0: forced.
7: Mark yeah, uh,
0: on the commentary is like you guys found, you guys had that joke first and then wrote backwards from it. Use <laughs> the force. but they corrected him as like no, that was actually a joke in the rewrite room. Oh wow! So oh, man, they didn't write light... it first, but I love Louie going no, it's mine. Like <laughs> That's Dan's a doing one. a lot of work in this episode. Yeah, <laughs> he's Louis, he's Homer, he's um, Quimby. Like, yeah, he, he's playing all these characters up front here.
1: Yeah, it's uh Homer doesn't often talk to Dan characters as much, other than his dad. He talks to them a lot. But usually they make sure to surround Homer with characters that aren't played by Dan. But Dan is so good at it, you never even know. Like, Hamill compliments him on the commentary of just like, you're talking to yourself all the time. Like, Hamill is Hamill is usually one guy in a thing he's cast in, so he's not talking to himself. So it's a, it's an extra skill as a voice actor. I also like when Homer uses the forks that he stabs his tie down, but he acts like his hand got stabbed. Oh, yeah, that's right. Everyone's uh, real
3: scared of the forks.
1: <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't want to be stabbed by a fork either. So, uh, and then Homer thinks he saves the day and turns around to see uh, Tony very just blatantly bashing the mayor with a baseball. I dunk. love that. I love that uh, reveal. Uh, it's I love like how a, that
3: resolves itself.
1: Yeah, the, he gets the,
3: his the, revenge and that's it.
1: What Tony decides? You know what? I don't need to kill him. I just need to beat him with a bat and then I'm I'm good and I'll just walk away, forget it. And then same with like you see how savage his beating is. Then Mark Hamill will tell me, like, the doctors tell me he's fine, so don't even worry. Like, uh, really? <laughs> I think
0: also the beating with a baseball bat is another Untouchables thing.
1: Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which they already did a joke about yeah. with <laughs> Burns. the refreshing of a lifetime. <laughs> uh, but, yes, let's have the bodyguard ending here.
5: I checked with the doctor. He said Mayor Quimby's going to be fine. And I was electric as Nathan Detroit. What did you think of me? <laughs>
4: Well, <laughs> oh, I'd say you were luminous magnetic
6: <sighs>
4: incandescent. <laughs> oh, cheer up, Homer. I think you made a great bodyguard. Really? Would you say I was magnetic? Absolutely.
6: Oh. Uh.
5: <laughs> Homer, I think you know what to do. <laughs> 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 forgot my lightsaber
4: All right. oh wait here it
1: is <laughs> <laughs> good
0: the poor animators having to animate homer kicking his way through a giant crowd yes yeah and <laughs> back good job, though i love it
1: i like how those uh those guys stay down once he kicks them they may as well be dead they're just motionless <laughs> yeah uh you know when i was writing video game reviews I, with sometimes, when I was thinking of superlatives to give, I think of this scene of like, eh, have I used lumines- luminescent yet? <laughs> or electric. That's always a good one. They say iridescent. Iridescent. Yeah. That's a really good one, too. Hey. Uh, and that, yes, I, I do like the gag that all Mark cares about is his reviews. Not that the mayor was beaten. Yeah. But, <laughs> uh, but uh, Homer yeah.
0: also wants to be magnetic as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Who doesn't want to get those fancy um, TV reviewer uh, praises, uh, but then, uh, and then Homer, yes, he just, I guess Homer needs to fail as a bodyguard to, well, they don't even say out loud, like, oh, Homer lost his job as a bodyguard. They don't even feel like they need to do that. You, They just assume, you'll know Homer won't be a bodyguard next week. Yeah,
0: by default, because his uh, person he was guarding was beaten with an inch of his life. If <laughs> <laughs> the figure, he lost that job.
1: Uh, and, uh, I, you know, I don't like that they did an I Will Always Love You joke twice in the episode, but... I do like that uh, they paid for the real song. Yeah, and it's on the
0: DVD and everything, too.
1: It couldn't be cheap. Couldn't be cheap to get the original Whitney Houston one, especially to get it on DVDs. That probably... I would bet that might have been their most expensive license for that DVD. I think
0: that's why it's been a struggle to get new DVDs. I mean, season 19 mm. was just released. I think they could, they will always make money, but uh, Al Jean loves himself a montage, and those later seasons are so full of licensed music mm. that um, I feel like that's, that's the problem, really.
1: I mean, the recognition of licensed music does... <laughs> take you out like that it it improves a joke in a lot of times or at least like makes you feel something in a scene you might not feel something otherwise this is how the bodyguard ends too he saves her one last time and that song plays over the credits so that is the closest like one-to-one bodyguard joke here and i do like a casual mark hamill design too that it it looks like him when he was doing like interviews in 1978 like very specifically uh, and also the, a couple times when he was throwing around his lightsaber, winging it around, I guess, um, and <laughs> I think the animator, some animator had some fun. There's like some good motion blur to it and it actually looks kind of cool. Yeah, there's some cool
0: instances of animation in this episode. For I sure. think
1: it was just Star Wars nerds on the staff going like, I can finally animate a lightsaber. I'm going to animate the hell out of this.
0: It's when Star Wars jokes were rare on television.
1: Yep. Uh, it's
0: this, this This felt like, like, yeah, this was like s- such
3: a mark, a moment before like it just, like the floodgates opened <laughs> for Star Wars jokes.
1: This one is kind of the last of the Star like. Clone Phantom Menace will be out five months after this aired. So, uh, I mean, the Star Wars wave is coming and it pretty much never ends after that. It never <laughs> will end, ever. Hooray. Right. That- they say they're taking movies off for a little bit after episode nine this year, but like they've already announced three shows for Disney Plus, so it's not like there's not going to be no Star Wars. It's just maybe not in movie theaters for two years. Uh Bob, Bob just shook his head. I and just think like oh, these are
0: more things I'm going to have to know about. Sorry,
1: you're going to have to when you want to have a nice dinner conversation. Everybody's just did you see the uh, the Mandalorian? <laughs>
0: is that a Star Wars thing? That is that okay. Is.
1: That's the that's the premiere Disney Plus original series. Oh uh, no wonder
0: was in my head. See, I already know about it.
1: <laughs> I'm it's sorry. Like,
0: I will not talk with you about Star Wars unless you talk with me about anime. It's only fair. <laughs> you must watch 800 episodes of One Piece and then talk to me. <laughs>
1: well, I won't do that, but yes. I will talk about anime with you. <laughs> I, I pay that price. Yeah, <laughs> That was a funny episode. Yeah, 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 I enjoyed it. It
0: gave us the Yes Man, so yeah. uh, out of nowhere, a big surprise for me. It's was like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, he's in this.
1: And I do. The Comic Con stuff is my favorite stuff in it. I think the Bodyguard stuff is just the usual... Homer gets a job. Uh, and some of the best jokes are also the cruelest of him um, trying to kill his children or hurt yeah. them multiple times. Yeah,
0: Give them brain damage.
3: They didn't have to hang a lantern on like uh, a hang a light or whatever you call it on like the fact that this is another Homer ep- like scheme, a job episode. Yeah. The Homer scheme or whatever. They just sort of went with it. Mm-hmm. And I, as much as I... I have always you know i'm always kind of the uh you know nine is kind of the threshold of when i feel like simpsons lost it or whatever but this this was actually really funny just mm-hmm. just jokes just jokes wall to wall and that's fine
1: season 10 is stronger than i remember having watched it i'm hoping that's how it'll be with every season as we keep going
3: <laughs> i was just looking at what else is left in here and this has the tokyo episode so mm-hmm. oh yes yeah, can't strong wait ends. can't wait to hear that one
1: <laughs> yeah it'll be good times but oh and last, year i Mark Hamill, a great guest on this episode, like one of their, uh, you know, a lot of times they get uh, celebrity voice actors like, say, Kim Basinger and Alec Baldwin, who didn't feel like they were trying all that hard. But um,
3: oh no, yeah, I- that was what was that? It's just like six like, episodes ago or yeah. something. I'm a little behind on re-listening to my Talking mm-hmm. Simpsons, but I'm like, <laughs> oh, I can't wait to hear that one. <laughs> Ron
1: Howard is great in it. He's great, yes, yeah. So,
0: Casey Green, thanks for joining us for another episode. Can you please uh, re-plug all of your cool stuff you've got going mm-hmm. on? The Kickstarter, yeah, anything else that's happening right now? Well, uh,
3: the Kickstarter is the big thing right now. It's uh, Again, you can go to makethatthing.com slash goodboy, and that should take you to the uh, the Kickstarter, which should still be going by now. Uh, we We just launched it. Uh, yesterday as of this recording
6: Ooh.
3: so uh please help us or get j- help us help us in any way um, <laughs> currently i'm also still doing comics here and there uh, my newest one is probably fuck off which uh is just like a gag like a joke on gag comics in its own uh, single panel gag comics uh it doesn't have a site yet but you can still go to instagram.com slash foff Uh, tm and read them there
1: those are great i love i love the fuck off comics it's such a nice treat when i see them in a tweet
3: (laughs) (laughs) thank you otherwise uh just hit me up at caseygreen.com.com and you will find (laughs) my work awesome well thank you casey thank you guys
0: thanks again to casey green please support his kickstarter which is new as of this recording but if you want to support us And get every episode of this show one week ahead of time and ad free. Please go to patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. If you sign up for only $5 a month, you'll get just that. You will also get our sister podcast, What a Cartoon, one week ahead of time and ad free. And also all of the podcasts behind the $5 paywall. All of the bonus podcasts that we've done in the past two plus years of Talking Simpsons will be available to you. All of our miniseries, including our most recent miniseries, Talking of the Hill, and a new miniseries coming this fall, only for patrons that will vote on which series they want to hear us do. But, Henry, what is happening at the $10 level for big spenders out there? Uh, and remember, we have the power to kill with our podcast. Oh, so yes, you, yeah. you're going to have to give.
1: Uh, and Man, you'll get so much for protecting our power to kill, which is for premium $10 and subscribers at patreon.com slash talking simpsons, you'll get the What a Cartoon Movie, where me and Bob talk about a different animated feature film Once a month, our most recent one in August was the Rocco's Modern Life movie, Static Cling. We had so much fun with that. We talked about it for almost four hours, about a 45-minute movie. Uh, But we loved Rocco that much, and we did... If you sign up, you'd get access to all of the previous What a Cartoon movies, which too many amazing ones to list. But I guess if you love Mark Hamill, we did Batman Mask of the Phantasm. You'd Mm -hmm. hear him in that too. Very good. So please sign up at the $10 level and get everything that's amazing there at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. So I've
0: been one of your hosts, Bob Mackey. Find me on Twitter as Bob Servo. My other podcast I do is Retronauts, a classic gaming podcast. Please check it out at retronauts.com. Or just find Retronauts in
1: your podcast machine. We should be there. Henry, what about you? You can follow me on Twitter at H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G. Anytime new things go up on the Patreon, I am certain to tweet about it and share it with all of you. So please, once more, follow me on Twitter, H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G.
0: Thanks so much for joining us, folks. We'll see you next week for Viva Ned Flanders.
6: you have all you dreamed of and I wish you
4: with the mayor when homer simpsons are (sighs) oh crap (coughs) oh (coughs) fat tony
7: what what did i do